0: This is Unfilter, episode 208 for October 12th, 2016.
1: That WikiLeaks dump, thousands of emails appearing to come from Clinton campaign chair John Podesta released, and ABC's chief investigative correspondent is here to take a closer look. But, you know, meantime, you know, the whole question is who is behind this? U.S. intelligence officials said they believe Russia is behind it. Trump not convinced.
2: Absolutely. The intelligence officials say they are highly confident the Russians are behind this, something they say they've told both candidates in those classified briefings, even though Trump refuses to accept that, and based on his debate performance, continues to defend Putin and the Russians. <laughs>
3: You know Chris this is a very historic you know we've been doing historic times you know don't waste it but this episode episode 208 is very historic why is it historic well we're flying blind we don't have the trust of the chat room on this episode because we're actually doing what they used to do back in the day Chris and that was record shows without being live wait what, what who's gonna bang suggest
0: titles I will bank suggest titles. Who's
3: going to name the show? You'll name it. I'll
0: bang suggest it. <laughs> That's and true. And I'll vote it up. We are flying a little blind this week. We have uh no chat room because we are recording this one early in the morning. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. In the in, in the morning? In the- <laughs> <laughs> where it is? Where there it is. There it is. <laughs> We're doing this in the morning? We are doing this in the morning. Okay. Uh yeah, this you know, I had a I had a thought about uh about on filter this week. I I was yesterday afternoon. I was like, man, I am feeling the kind of worn out I used to feel back when I had a full-time job and I was podcasting on the side. Oh, yeah. You know, just like basically I've, I've working, there. Yeah. working two jobs. And I'm yeah. like, why am I feeling like I'm working two jobs? And it hit me. Oh. Unfilter is my full-time job, and then I do all these other shows on the side. Well,
3: because there's so much to pull from everywhere, yeah. and, and you have to and dig the, to the find email it. Email leaks. Yeah. Is, I mean, yeah.
0: so we're going to get into a lot of it. Plus, then the debate, and then yep. just trying to stay on top of all the other world events that are going on that aren't election-related. So that way, we don't lose track of that stuff. Nope, can't. That's, that's, <laughs> so we got we we do have the best of all that stuff. Plus, we got uh, some good stuff in the overtime. So actually, quite a bit to get into today. We're not going to go do, as debate hard as we did last debate. What are you What, what are you talking about? I just put you in jail. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be in jail. You'd Special be in Special committee. That's right. Um, but we do have so much good stuff to start. Yeah. So much good stuff to dig into. It's kind of nice to be doing this one early because that means you and I will probably be done around lunchtime and uh, that'll be kind of a neat Wednesday for us because that's not something we normally get
3: to no, do. No, it, it, it's, it's going to be. This is like probably the only time it's ever going to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start out where we always like to start with the cyber. Fiber, and there was yeah. a story that was breaking as we went on the air last week and that was the Yahoo story. That's it's right. It's been fascinating and I just want to cover a little more since we didn't have a lot of details last week.
4: Yahoo, one of the world's largest providers of email services, scanned hundreds of millions of incoming messages looking for a specific term last year, according to the Reuters news agency. Yahoo says only that it is a law-abiding company and complies with the laws of the United States. Oh. The decision to obey, not fight, a secret court order was made by CEO Marissa Meyer, the report says, the former Google executive running Yahoo since 2012.
5: Well, the news is troubling. Uh, This is precisely the type of uh, mass surveillance that gave rise to so many objections here in the United States. And, of course, also in Europe.
4: Documents leaked three years ago by Edward Snowden disclosed that the National Security Agency tapped into email traffic to search for specific terms connected to terrorism. But Reuters says Yahoo itself was doing the searching last year in real time, looking for an item specified by the government. The company would have to do that, search experts say, after Yahoo began encrypting email traffic last year, Mm. making it impossible for the government to read. Mm. The idea that Yahoo scans email isn't new. It routinely looks for terms in emails that can be used to tailor ads to users. The website spells it out. Yahoo analyzes and stores content from incoming and outgoing email. U.S. intelligence agencies aren't commenting tonight on what's apparently a classified program. In the past, they've said they'll use all lawful means to prevent terrorism. So, what are your thoughts
3: on this? Well, Google, excuse me, Google has always uh, filtered done that and too. scanned. Yeah, 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 and they do that for ads, and that was like one of the big controversial things that kind of pushed out when they first launched. Yeah, trial. yeah. But that being said, we talked about this last week. Last week, Yahoo made the tool, and that's that's one where. I don't feel very comfortable with. Yeah, and it seems like uh,
0: however you want to couch it, Yahoo was compelled to make that tool. And if we go back into the Snowden leaks, Yahoo did go to court initially before Marissa Meyer was CEO, fought, lost, and
3: then I think that's when a lot of these dominoes started to fall. But how can they, they meaning the government, compel Yahoo in this, exi- this instance to create a tool? And We had the same scenario pop up with the Apple and the phone encryption where the government wanted Apple to make this special tool for them so they can look into the terrorist cell phones. What's the difference here? Maybe ultimately Yahoo did make the decision. Maybe it was one of those,
0: uh, you, you know, we could really use your help with this. And, of course, if you don't help us, these contracts you have over here are going to go away. I mean, there could have been, like, some sort of implied penalty. We don't really know. Right. We don't know what kind of – we don't know how compelled they were. We don't know if maybe they said, oh, well, that just seems like a great idea. Let's do it. Um, it it's, does seem like if you go by the original leaks, so though, they did initially fight something like this for a while and right. then kind of gave in.
3: But then you you have a situation now, which I don't know if you've heard, but a lot of people are, are looking to leave Yahoo. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, like, say, go to Gmail or maybe their ISP, God forbid, or something like that. But Yahoo has turned off their automatic forwarding feature. So if you didn't have it turned on prior to this scandal, (laughs) they're saying, oh, this feature's under development. (laughs) We're reviewing it, blah, 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 blah. But they've had it in place for nearly 20 years, and now they've turned it off. And it makes me wonder, all right, well, if... This is just too shady. That does seem shady. It's very shady, and people want to get out of Yahoo. And now, since they're in this big discussion to sell to Verizon. And I'm sure the number of users play part in their value. Absolutely. Totally.
0: Hmm. Another story that was breaking uh, as we were getting off the—I can't remember exactly the timing on this one—but it was another NSA contractor, the Booz Hamilton contractor. That's right, yeah. We might have got a little bit in the show. Here's additional info on that. The
2: FBI has arrested a
0: National
6: Security Agency contractor who allegedly oh. stole highly classified computer codes developed to hack into the networks of foreign governments. For more on this story, let's. Computer codes?
0: Oh. Is that is that is that journalist speak for a, like a software code, like the actual like. Source code, or maybe I mean, or is that encryption? I (laughs) I I think it's I think it's journalists for software, (laughs) like the actual source code, right?
2: The FBI has arrested a National Security Agency contractor who allegedly
3: stole highly classified computer codes developed to hack into the networks of foreign governments. For more on this story, let's cross live to our correspondent in the States, Caleb Morpin joins us on the line, Caleb. Could this be, perhaps, a new Snowden we're talking about?
0: So this is uh, this Caleb guy here. This is RT's new uh, hotshot cyber guy. And uh, I've seen him in a few interviews. He's not bad. He's not bad. All right. And uh, I like, you notice the lower third there. They're pitching this
3: as Snowden 2.0. Nice. Uh, nice. But he's, but he's not. He's not. Because, I mean, first off, this guy, and I've done some research on this guy. First off, he was pretty much a, I call him a data hoarder. He yeah, that's a good way to put it, yep.
0: Yeah, yep. he was just, he yeah. was like,
3: ooh, I can have this, and I, and I want it in my personal collection. But he wasn't trying to sneak it out. Those are the guys, like, with the best, like, Plex databases, too. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. Yeah. <laughs> that's totally who it was. Of legitimate uh, Obviously uh, public domain backed up, content. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
7: Well, the FBI did announce that they have arrested Hal Martin. Now, this is a 51-year-old Navy veteran. His full name is Harold T. Martin III, and he's accused of leaking the malware program used by the National Security Agency to penetrate the computer systems of Iran, Russia, and China. Now, we've been hearing a lot of noise from U.S. officials lately about foreign hackers, but it's interesting, it seems that what Martin is accused of doing is, is basically stealing the codes used by the U.S. government to penetrate and hack the, the computer systems of, of foreign countries. Um, Now, at this time, a lot of voices across the United States are comparing Martin to Edward Snowden, the NSA whistleblower. Um, And they're actually pointing out that they were both employed by the same consulting firm. Now, very little information about the case has been released. But we are expecting the U.S. Department of Justice to formally bring charges against Martin at some point in the near future. What about
0: what about? Charges against uh, Booz Booze Allen Amel, Hamilton, just yeah. if I can say it. I
3: mean, what about... They talk about blowing uh, this thing over and over again. Right. Although it's kind of... Maybe they have a really long-term contract with the federal government that allows them point, you know, percentage of people going rogue. <laughs> Here's what feels weird about this story to me. All
0: right. So they caught him before anything really leaked or anything got published, right. yet we still have just enough information to know essentially anything that we would have gleaned anyways. So, because if, if he would have, say he would have handed this stuff over to journalists, they would have said, well, it's stuff, it's computer codes to go after Russia, China. Right. Which is exactly the same information we got, even though there wasn't a release. And it's, we've already
3: known about this, that they've been going after these countries for a while
0: is now. There, is there just some sort of – is this some sort of
3: messaging? It feels like it's the timing since all of this attribution to Russia is going on with the hacks. Oh, it definitely feels that way, especially when they call it you know Snowden 2.0. And it's yeah. not just Russia doing this, or Russia no. Today doing this. I mean everybody's no, everybody, doing
0: this. Ever, well, and everybody reported on it for a little bit. Yeah. So it's not like it was just an RT story, but – it, it, it doesn't mean that there's not a, a bigger motive behind it. I, it. These kinds of things probably happen all the time and never get reported on. Yeah. Why would the NSA want the, Why would the, I mean a lot I could it seems like this was almost an, an essentially an internal matter that didn't really have to go that public.
3: Yeah. No, could I could have kept it a quiet. I, story. I really think because of the election. I mean, maybe I am stretching a bit, but maybe because of the election and because of the fact that, oh, you know, there's been increasing pressure on Obama to pardon Snowden to maybe just throw the warning shit out there. Hey, we're going to call a Snowden 2.0. We're going to throw the book at this guy. We're going to show that, you know, he is trying to leak uh, secrets of the American government. And yeah, you right. So it's also
0: the timing around the pardon thing is interesting, too. Yeah.
3: Hmm. Yeah.
8: And
0: because it's Booz Allen Hamilton again. Again. Yeah. There's a lot of... I would like to hear the audience's thoughts on it. Could be nothing. Yeah. But it does seem like a lot... I mean, there's so many of these
3: guys out there and gals. And that- they're very specific to mention Booz Allen. And that's the other thing, too. It's like would you really want to uh, no one's going after them saying wow man you guys aren't really checking out your contractors very well <laughs> yeah, it seems it feels like it's branding in a sense or yeah, something
0: yeah yeah uh so let's talk about that uh, attribution thing because we we have our most quote unquote official attribution yet uh and it's it's the it's the, probably the most aggressive language the US government has used to say yeah russia actually hacked the details are a little weak but they're the positioning's stronger
9: Developing news on the recent email hacks of U.S. officials and other organizations, the U.S. government is now officially blaming Russia. RT correspondent Caleb Mothman is live in our New York studio with what the latest developments are. Caleb, what is the latest?
7: Well, we now have a statement, a joint statement, from the National Director of Intelligence and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Okay. And this statement points the finger at Russia for the recent hacking and leaking of emails. Now, the statement doesn't really— Now, I'm going to stop right here, because
0: when I saw this headline, my first genuine reaction was, finally— because we've been we've been on this. We've had to come on this show. And,
3: and it's always been the Hillary campaign. It's always been yeah. them pushing the we, narrative. Always, we've Nobody always had else. to
0: say, look, it's the Clinton campaign saying this. Nobody in the government has officially pointed the fingers. We're not right. trying to defend Russia. But look, there's been no official attribution. Right. What you're being told is crap so far. Yeah. And so when I heard this headline, I thought, finally, we'll have the official attribution so we can finally stop saying that in the show
7: after watching this clip.
0: I don't, I'm going to, I'll play it back just a bit. I, I don't think we have it.
7: Director of Intelligence and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. And So, this- Jeh and Clapper came together. to make a joint statement statement points the finger at russia for the recent hacking and leaking of emails now the statement doesn't really give uh, any specific evidence or reason for this simply it simply points out that the methods used are consistent with the methods that have been used in the past um and from there it goes on to say that the u.s intelligence community and u.s officials are confident that the russian government was somehow involved well, that's
0: that's the exact same amount of information we got before. Yeah, there's nothing new there. The methods, so uh, the methods that they're referring to are methods that were, were discovered by a private company called FireEye. You're All familiar right. with FireEye. Oh yeah, and uh, they get a couple of other companies have been called in. They, they're they're sort of the high profile, always get the government contract cyber company. They they also in the in the security community are sort of famous for suing and uh, muffling a, a security researcher who discovered vulnerabilities in FireEye's own tools. And instead of FireEye, fi- FireEye fixing the problem in 2015, they just went after the security researcher and shut him up and sued him. Wow. Yeah, real solid company. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so <laughs> their, their cyber expert, because remember, this is the cyber segment, she comes on to one of CNN's like, worldwide shows. Okay. and. Yeah. uh they actually ask the specifics. So I'll play this for you. This is from a FireEye representative, which the reason why that matters is that's the evidence that Clapper and Je were citing in their joint statement when they said that there are markers and some of the same methods and means were used. That statement and that op, though, that evidence, quote-unquote, was provided to them by FireEye. So that's why we're now going to listen to a FireEye representative directly.
10: Let's dig deeper here. I want to bring in Laura Galante. She is a cybersecurity expert from the cybersecurity firm FireEye, and she joins us now live. And, Laura, welcome to the program. Um, The Russian foreign minister has told Christian Amanpour that the hacking accusations are ridiculous. According to your group,
11: FireEye, is Russia behind the breach? We've seen a variety of different forensic artifacts.
0: So, not a yes, perfect opportunity to say yes, right? If you should have just said yes. You could have just said yes. So, she's going to tell you about forensic artifacts. Remember, she's talking about computers here, forensic artifacts.
11: We've seen a variety of different forensic artifacts that show that the groups behind the DNC hack and the variety of other activities and leaks that occurred over the summer and into the fall are the work of Russian-sponsored groups.
0: Okay. So, this is the director of threat intelligence of FireEye saying that they have seen tools or... Whatever that artifacts. are artifacts, whatever. I guess the artifacts would be like probably log entries, uh, IP addresses, modified times of the binaries left on machines, uh, the language of the machine that those binaries were built on. Right. Um, those kinds of things would I would I if I'm being generous, I'd say those are forensic artifacts having done a little bit of. uh computer forensics myself and having done plenty of penetration testing i guess i would say that would, could be defined as uh, as artifacts so let's let's we'll just kind of debunk or 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 um Define or sort of restate some of this stuff, just because I really want to be clear about this, because this is a super important matter. And I've gotten some emails of people like, God, you guys are so pro-Russia. It's not that we're pro-Russia, it's we're pro-facts, that's all. A
11: variety of different forensic artifacts that show that the groups behind the DNC hack and the variety of other activities and leaks that occurred over the summer and into the fall are the work of Russian-sponsored groups. We've been profiling these groups for years. So the groups themselves and in the infrastructure and backing behind them is something that we've tracked and profiled.
3: So here's my other problem. So that's actually, go ahead, because I, I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. If they I have agree. this profile exactly. and, and they say, sure. yeah, this fits the profile, right? right. nothing so wrong with that.
0: I agree. Here's my problem with it. All right. So the, the, the issue is it's essentially saying, well, trust me. That's true. And I I don't have a huge, huge problem with that except for we are talking about a matter of world politics here. Right. We are are going after another world power and we're using the word of a private company. So the United States government is using the word of a private company whose simple answer is, well, trust me, to go after another world power. That is some pretty shaky ground in my opinion. I'm not saying they're totally wrong, but man, that is – I would like that to be – you know our billion-dollar intelligence agencies? I would like it to come from one
3: of them. Well, to be fair, Chris, we we don't – we can only assume that that might be the case. We don't know if they're taking, say, FireEyes information and adding it to their own – information that they've done their own research on so why not especially say from that? the Hillary Clinton camp you know <laughs> that information <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, okay. you, and you match it up and and,
0: and, and agrees. it could be it could be I wish I wish we were not so far using this as our own I mean even so when when DHS and the DNC came out with their joint statement they could have they could have referred to their own inter- they wouldn't have had to publicly expose what they were but they, they could have just said
3: yeah right
11: and backing behind them is something that we've tracked and profiled so to see this pop up in the context of the election was the newness to this. But understanding that these groups were sponsored by the Russian government is something we've long known.
0: So, again, that's not proof. That's just saying, well, we know it to be true. Right.
11: Top oh, Secret Lavrov told
10: Amanpour, quote, we have not seen a single fact, a single proof, unquote. Could you please describe the evidence you've uncovered?
11: So the targeting is the first piece that we've long seen the groups that we call APT-28 and APT-29 focus on.
0: So the targeting, so part of the evidence is who was the victim? Right.
11: Military and political targets for years. The other pieces of evidence that we've looked at is that since 2007, the marks around the tools that these groups use...
0: the marks around the tools. She's talking about these things like they're physical tools they use to break into safes, and there's, like, scuffs on them. The marks around these tools. Now, obviously, she's referring to probably, like, you know, how the binaries were built, things right, like that. Right, But they're being extremely
3: flamboyant with very important language. And, and the the other thing that kind of bothers me about that is those marks can be spoofed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. doesn't prove anything.
11: The marks around the tools that these groups use, the malware they use to get into a network, shows that they've been compiling this in the Mos- in Moscow's time zone since 2007. That
0: doesn't matter. I really think it doesn't matter because uh, you could say that about LibreVault, an open, open source sync software. There's so many, so many of these tools that are built and shared online, and there's a lot of really good programmers in Moscow looking to make a buck online.
3: I mean, same. I'm from the country Chris Chrisan, okay? Sure. And, Sounds great. And I and I'm and I'm making these tools and everything. If I wanted to frame somebody, say, I don't know, Russia I would just do what they're using and be like, "Well, I'm in a Russian time zone. I'm using Russian tools." I would just have somebody on my team that knows Russian. So <laughs> it uh, doesn't keep, mean anything. Keep that in mind when I play the next clip, okay? Um,
0: because it's kind of what happens. But I'll, I'll let her finish because this is this is FireEye. This right. is the evidence that this they is have. the director
3: of threat intelligence telling us the proof.
11: The marks around the tools that these groups use, the malware they use to get into a network, shows that they've been compiling this in, the Mos- in Moscow's time zone since 2007. We've also seen um, the variety of different types of uh, intrusions that they've undertaken show that this is a sophisticated, sponsored effort.
0: So the variety of the different attacks. So they compromise low hanging email accounts by logging in as the users. Right. They did uh, website scans and SQL dumps of common. We using common source open source tools. Yep. Those ones were actually created in the states too. They they've been they've been using Drupal vulnerabilities that are nothing more than a SQL injection flaw. From all these are all the bits of pieces of information we, we've actually gotten that we can piece together. I would say none of this none of this has represented a a uh, sophisticated attack. What FireEye is using to define a sophisticated attack, and the only metric that they have to satisfy, is the length of the attack. Yeah. So if you had persistent access for a certain length of time, FireEye automatically considers it a, a sophisticated attack. Once they label it a sophisticated attack, it's easier to claim it's a state hacked or a state, a state backed hack. Right. But really, I don't agree. I think length just indicates if I compromise somebody's network and I'm able to log in for a year. You're going to keep going.
5: <laughs> it, it, doesn't, it
0: doesn't mean that I'm some sort of elite hacker. It just simply means that the people that manage the network don't check their logs properly right. and haven't secured yeah. their accounts yeah. and their remote access. That yep. doesn't mean that I'm some sort of crazy, sophisticated hacker
11: variety of different types of uh, intrusions that they've undertaken show that this is a sophisticated sponsored effort. This isn't a one-time um, hacker who goes after this with tools that they have found on the internet. This is a professional tool development effort and espionage operation that's been in play for over seven, eight, nine years.
10: So you're calling this a sophisticated, sponsored effort. So when you say Russia is behind the hack, targeting Democratic Party organizations, are we talking about Russian intelligence, military intelligence? These are state-run actors?
0: She actually hasn't given a direct, clear answer to any... No, she hasn't. Well,
11: that's a great question. Who's <laughs> actually sponsoring this activity, and where does the authorization come to go after specific types of targets?
0: This is how FireEye covers their ass in all of this. So they go in with the hugest, plushest couch ever when they sell a contract to the United States government to figure out who did this. They have this line that backs them out of any fault of attribution.
11: This is very hard to glean, and it's probably why you know one of the reasons why um, you know we haven't on the network side been able to you know draw all of the different data points that would show exactly who ordered this or or who's Hmm. authorized it. Um, But that's sort of the brilliance of doing activity in cyberspace, is that you're able to cause an effect, to have an influence, and still be able to deny um, who's behind it and create doubt about who's actually sponsored this.
12: It also
0: means you can create doubt on the other end when you do attribution. So everything she's saying that's a benefit for the attackers is also a benefit for the companies that make billions of dollars on attribution. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, Chase. All yeah. the money. I uh, there is a you know, I I had I think I had slated it for the overtime, but it fits so perfectly in here that I almost want to just play it right now. Uh, here it is right here. This is this is this is this is, this is we're going to do an extended
13: cyber. Here we go. 20 states have so far reported attempted break ins of their election systems. The FBI suspecting a cyber attack on the US elections may be underway sent out an alert warning flagging the specific IP addresses used in two of those attacks. So he starts with 22 attacks. Now we're down to two
0: attacks. And again, we're right. just using IP addresses not to not to instill fear. But I got to give him credit. Like a good journalist, guess what he does? He goes to those IP addresses. Yeah.
13: Let's see what's at these IP addresses. We're finally going to track down these attackers. In Arizona and Illinois, a security firm called Threat Connect then found the next clue.
12: But We found that.
0: Oh, actually, okay, it was Threat Connect. That's right. So, Threat Connect's one of the other companies involved, way lower
13: tier than FireEye.
12: Six yeah. of the eight IP addresses used in the attacks were owned by a company called King Servers uh, based in Russia.
13: We decided to follow that trail yeah! back to Russia, yeah. to the remote, rundown city of Bisk. This small Siberian industrial city is not where one might expect an attack against the United States elections might be launched from. And what we found here—the one person involved identified so far—he wasn't exactly what we were expecting either. So they've, they're, they're,
0: they're, <laughs> they've, they've tracked it down. They think they've got the guy. And this is why this is why attribution sucks. This is why you can't claim it's the Russians. And I actually think this is proof that it could have just been anybody right here. Vladimir Fomenko runs King Servers and admits his servers were used for the hacks. So this guy runs a hosting company. Yeah. He's not the hacker. No. He's not an attacker. He runs the hosting company, King Servers, that somebody created an account at to launch the attacks from. That could have been anybody from the way. doesn't You're
14: have right.
13: to be. Yeah. All. But in the two-room apartment that is his office, Femenko says he doesn't know who was involved in the hacks because he rents you server space anonymously. In our business these days, people don't ask a new client what he's doing. He
8: says, it's like
13: if somebody buys an umbrella at a store and then
0: uses it to hit someone. Is the seller responsible for that? They sell mostly to porn sites is my understanding. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like it's, it's where a lot of porn sites host because this guy doesn't ask questions and he allows
13: people to create anonymous accounts. Leading Russian investigative journalist Andrei Soldatov believes a campaign is underway with orders coming from on high. So because it's a server in Russia, ergo, it's Putin's fault. That's where this is coming from, from the heart of the Kremlin? Yeah. From Putin's office? Yeah. But why target, as many alleged Russian hacks have so far, Hillary Clinton? Soldatov believes it's Putin's revenge for intense protests against him when Clinton was secretary of state.
0: Let's be clear here. The hacks are not Russian hacks. The first DNC emails leak came from a guy who died in the street after somebody killed him for leaking the emails. A guy that was a Bernie Sanders supporter died in the street. There's no Russians involved here. All of these are probably people who are trying to stop Hillary. In fact, the judge often has a theory. To, you know, I mean, the media is going to tell you it's Russia, 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 Russia. They, there were servers in Russia. They were free. And they, they, by the way, the clip goes on to say that they were anonymously purchased servers.
3: Of course, um, they were. Yeah.
0: But I, we go. We got to go back to the judge. So instead of me saying it for the umpteenth time, let's let the judge say it for the second time. We're
1: bringing in uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano to talk about all sorts of things. Judge, you right. know all uh, sorts of Bill Benny, William Benny, former NSA official, the architect of the. The NSA surveillance program. Yes. He says that the person... I guess it's not the judge, it's Bill Benny. As it turns out, despite what the DNC and uh, Democrats are saying, it was not Russia that hacked the DNC. Uh, it was perhaps an official... It was somebody from the NSA who is angry about the fact that she was using personal email server which violated what is called gamma material which is the most sensitive at the NSA. Do you believe
15: that?
16: I do believe it and one of the reasons that there is so much anxiety, it's very interesting and it's probably going to become an issue in the campaign, one of the reasons there is so much anxiety about Mrs. Clinton from the intelligence community is the belief that some of the materials that she handled with such extreme carelessness, I'm using Jim Comey's Mm -hmm. phrase, in my opinion, It was criminal, but in the FBI director's opinion, it was extreme carelessness. Contained the names of American undercover intelligence agents, some of whom are no longer with us. This is the belief of a lot of people in the intelligence community. If Mrs. Clinton does become president of the United States, she's going to have a lot of antipathy towards her by people in the intelligence community. This is the tip of the iceberg. Well,
2: that wasn't in the report that people might have died because, her, because names were listed and sent, right? But
16: correct. Correct. The FBI did not reveal that the FBI never revealed the contents and quite properly because it's still classified. The FBI never revealed the contents of the 25 top secret of which five were SAP, meaning even FBI agents didn't have the clearance to reveal them. So Bill uh, Binney Mm -hmm. is saying of the 60,000.
0: What I like about Bill Binney is he's saying something that's probably been on every unfiltered listener's mind. Wait a minute. If the NSA is just sucking all this stuff up, right. don't they have all of Hillary's emails?
16: NSA <laughs> agents and contractors, there's a critical mass who fear Mrs. Clinton's presidency right. and more likely than not hacked into the DNC so the and NSA leaked NSA has this. Got him. So this is, the, this is
17: a man you know well, Josh, yes. and he recently did an, a radio interview where he explained essentially that. Listen.
2: If you had to just uh, estimate here as an analyst who your best guess, uh, who, who what would be your best guess uh, for who the hacker is, who Lucifer 2 is?
18: In this situation, Lucifer. I was thinking about uh, how many other people had this, this data and hacked into the DNC. Well, it's hacking into uh, Hillary's uh, server at home. I go back to a statement made by uh, Director Mueller of the FBI back in uh, 30th of March of 2011. And he said uh, he got together with the Department of Defense and they created a technology database uh, where <clears throat> uh, he, as a member of the FBI, could go in with one query and get all past emails and all future ones as they came in on a person. Now, what he's talking about is going into the NSA database. Oh. So that means that NSA and the, and and a number of other agencies in the U.S. government also have those emails.
0: So Bill or Williams' supposition essentially is they looked in the database. They looked what she was sending around on her private email server, and they got upset. And they're like, some of these names of these agents are dead. Right. So
1: what he's saying is... There's this NSA database, and unbeknownst to us, because there's no oversight, the FBI, the CIA has access to it, Comey could have looked at... Hillary's email if they had him, but then he'd open a whole can of worms. Right.
0: Think about this. This is yeah. a this isn't this is a really interesting clip here.
16: Then then he would be revealing that the NSA in fact does have everybody's emails, and, which and a lot supposed of us, a secret. Right, which a lot of us believe, which Bill Binney, a former NSA official who developed the software that the NSA uses, says they have, but which the NSA has never officially acknowledged. There would also be serious criminal violations if the FBI had unfettered access. To the NSA material, the FBI has to ask for it or get a search warrant for it. Did they ask? Did they get a search warrant for Mrs. Clinton's materials? Answer, no. This
0: guy, this guy who's about to talk, this uh, this guy on the couch, is <laughs> such a loaf of wonder bread. Listen to the dumb question, and I love how the judge totally is like, you're wrong.
2: Well, it's unthinkable to think that they, if they, they could be the source of the leaked emails that cost Debbie Wasserman Schultz her job. I would I can't imagine the NSA feeding
16: Julian Assange this information could you? Yes, and that's exactly You think they would actually that, well, that's use a, that, that, that that law that, that, law, like, uh, that, that is exact, that is exactly what Bill Benning is saying and and We with, would
19: never do that.
16: Well, not we. It's <laughs> a guy. It's it's, it's, it's in, this is not official federal government policy. This is the behavior. One of these 60,000 was Edward Snowden. So it's the behavior of some mm-hmm. of these 60,000 people some are military Some are civilian employees of the government. Some are outside contractors that many of them have access to. And they all have different levels of security clearance. It's an interesting wow. theory
0: I think. Yeah, no it's not a bad theory. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I I don't know that there's any there's I think there I feel like there's just as much evidence to support that as there's the Russian hacks. Yeah. <laughs> and that is not much, but it is an interesting idea. I'll just
3: use a tool Chris that I found in Russia that I'll just use in Russia.
0: I feel like it has a little more authority behind it because it is coming from a former NSA employee. Yeah. Bill Benny, so it does feel like that's There's something to that. There is a little something there. Hey, Chase, that was a long, long cyber. So before we get into like all the world events and uh, the, the terrorism and the debates, let's, let's shake it off with a little mention of our Patreon over at patreon.com slash unfilter, 513 yeah. of you. Yeah. Thank you so much for keeping the show on awesome. the air. We definitely have been hustling as the election season comes up and hustling not to lose track of some of these interesting ones like the cyber stories and yeah. the terrorism we're going to get into. And I have a great overtime coming up. So stick around. It's dedicated to our patrons at patreon.com slash unfiltered. And we got a nice bump because of people recognized our hard work. Yeah. So I really appreciate that because uh, it really was sort of rewarding to see people recognize it in a way that was Absolutely. a true value for value exchange. Yeah. So, Mr. Chase, we also thought as a thank you, we should open up the sack to uh, a wider variety of folks. Are you That's ready
3: right. for me to? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Everybody's favorite moment. That's right. It's now time for the First ever morning edition at the top of the morning edition of the mail sack, and we, yeah, thank, thank you. I we have we have a great plethora of messages. First one comes in from Ben, and I'm and I read them all.
6: I read them all.
0: Sorry. Do, we uh, have, do we have a so uh, do, you, do you have a preference if music rolls why you like music musics okay. fine all right. okay. yeah, you I go. And
3: it keeps me jazz you, go. right. you got it all right so Ben and says are we all okay with the fact that chase stated on air many episodes ago that he is a global climate change denier I know I know the show is about questioning things but science science is not one of them also what caused you guys <laughs> To change from the news you should be watching to the news you shouldn't be watching. I'm not
5: going to dignify that with an answer.
3: <laughs> well, I will. First off, uh, you know, I said, you know, I don't really remember being a global climate change denier uh, and mentioning my personal position on it. I, I Personally, I will accept proven scientific evidence that is not bankrolled to alter opinion because we know that science uh, can be bought. The and United
20: States, when we make a mistake... We're honest about it yeah sure you are we own up to it yeah, sure you are.
3: Uh, so anyway uh, if we have clean evidence then I'm all for it. next uh, next thing comes in from Jamie says hey my wife who is open-minded but doesn't <sighs> but doesn't stray from the mainstream media, asked me for proof that Hillary is evil
21: <laughs> I say balderdash
3: Is there a TLDR?
0: That sounds like that sounds like prove to me that God isn't real. That <laughs> sounds like one of those questions. Uh
3: is there a TLDR that can list out some of the smoking guns with links to do documentation and proof? We should do a special. She believes, I believe it, but I haven't been able to persuade her. You I'm know, guessing honestly,
0: WikiLeaks have made this suddenly easier. Check this week's show notes. All right. Check the links for the last few episodes and just go cherry pick the ones you like. Um I try to always put multiple sources in there and uh, try to always uh, source from ones that people aren't going to immediately shoot down. All these kinds. Right. There are all kinds of good stuff in there. But also you could spend a long time on YouTube researching this. There's, it's a, it's, I actually just want to take a second and address yeah. this. One of the things I have been personally challenged by is I believe that the 30-plus the year history, 40-year history of Hillary Clinton is so repeat and rife – with corruption, it's just like this – like this, like a beautiful bouquet of corruption and uh, I can't ever really find any one video or any one coverage uh, that really clearly outlines all of the wrongdoings. But if you go back to last week's episode, there is a YouTube video about the email scandal and yeah. that's kind of nice because it's it's a panel of people that are really well-researched on the – they've written books on the subject and it's a great, calm, rational discussion – and you could just take one issue. Also, if you just if you really want a zinger, uh, go look up uh, the Clinton Foundation and Haiti. Uh, if you'd like to zinger on, on that, if you All really right. want a shocker, but otherwise, just go with the email, and you could just watch the video, and anybody could watch it, and their jaw would drop. Get me back up.
3: All right. E five I W writes in and says, "What I would like to see is coverage of some of the other ballot initiatives across the country." Like all the marijuana legalization initiatives Oh, we covered a little bit of that last week My home state of Massachusetts has it on the ballot And some people don't even know That would be great (laughs) That would be great Uh, Can you provide a list of all the states With marijuana marijuana legalization on the ballot I know you guys have it in Washington But every other state is miles behind And missing out on lots of tax revenue This show is what I look forward to Every Wednesday I feel lucky that a friend recommended That I check it out two years ago Thanks for everything you and Chris do. Keep up the great work. I would
18: say we
0: do cover it, so keep keep tuned in. Um but I don't know if it's really worth us going out of our way to round up something that you could just do a 2-second Google search right, for. Right. Right. I mean, but, uh, if
3: there's something significant, significant yeah. you know, yeah. big, if, if there's good, I if can't
0: there's speak good this news, if there's good news to dig into or something historical happening, there's a pretty good chance uh, good good chance we're going to catch it yeah. and it'll very likely when uh, when election night comes, it'll be one of the things we're. Talking
9: oh, we'll about. be tracking so, it yeah. for sure. There you go.
3: Uh, Zvidrex writes in says, "Growing up, I've always kind of known that there has been some weird stuff going on in the world, and looking online to see what's up has always been a passion of mine. These days, going through thousands of sources and unfilter the propaganda BS is getting time consuming, especially now that I'm a college student and don't have much time on my hands. That's why I become a pa- that's why I became a patron because you guys." not only inform the people of things that would take ages for me to find out but present it in such a way that allow people to form their own opinions about it this is such a great service and it's why i decided to chip in i love you guys that that's was how we
0: go uh, Z. That, that's how we roll <clears throat> nice right.
3: is that the whole batch no there's more oh my god this is getting long there's a couple more okay all
0: right okay all right okay
3: go yeah josh writes it hey guys love it when you do the five dollar sack yeah so yeah chris loves it (laughs) wanted to get your thoughts on the u.s finally formally accusing russia of hacking the dnc well if you were listening earlier we gave us uh, we gave you our opinions do you guys think it was reasonable that the narrative was pushed for so long now now that there's a formal statement i believe there are still several other hacks that the media has associated with the russian other than this one There is still that former DNC worker who was robbed. Thoughts, things. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, they're all. There's so much going on. on.
0: Think about it. Just which one's more likely? Somebody who hates Hillary Clinton is linking is leaking all these emails. Yeah, I mean, look at all of all of all of the emails that have come out. It's not. It's not. (laughs) It's not. It's not not Putin. He doesn't. Come on. He doesn't care. He doesn't. He. He's got no. bigger.
3: He's got bigger bears to ride. It's people
0: who don't want Clinton to win that are working inside the machine. These, the problem. The, Clinton's biggest vulnerability is that she has a multi-thousand machine around her, like yeah. filled with people. Yeah. Like thousands of people work for her and are in the DNC, and the, not all of them like her. No. That's her biggest problem. Yeah,
3: she's not a very likable. That's person. where this stuff's coming from. Ah, yes. Hey, Russell writes and says, "Hey, Chase and Chris." If you had to move to any country in the world, which one would you Name choose? Name a world leader! Name one? a world
0: leader! <laughs> I
3: would, uh, Vicente Fox? I mean, Canada seems to be the yeah, go-to, I, I would but go to Canada. Uh, if
0: I could travel, I, I would probably consider going across the pond somewhere.
3: Yeah. I was, I, I but which way? I mean, I was thinking possibly Australia mm. or UK if I couldn't pick Canada. I also would give, ser- I would give serious considerations to Japan. Japan's nice. The only problem is when you're tall like me, I hit you you'd hit your head on everything. Mm, they'd love it though. Is yeah. there any more or do I have to last one. Oh one my more. god! Go Woo. Robin Writes and say, checked out the breakdown on why Trump suits never quite seem to fit. Found it an amusing moment of levity after the debate on Sunday. He gave us a link to a Jezebel article about Trump's suits. Okay. And that's it for the mail sack. By the way, we're going to be going back to our thirty-three. So <laughs> it is good to check in with people. Yeah, from time to time. definitely. So I, I give a hard time just because you know
0: me. I'm all about the pace of the show, but it is really, it is really good to hear from yeah, people. So
3: if you guys support us on Patreon.com/slash/unfilter uh, and you're part of Club Thirty-Three, that's the thirty-three or more per month. You get into Chase's sack. And by the way, I think there's maybe one or two slots left.
0: Oh, are there? Okay, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna think about opening a few more. Okay. Uh, so that might—I'll talk to Angie, and we might—you know, the only thing—the only reason why we we're a little careful about that is because that also means— The swag that, thing. This, we got to buy more swag. Right. But, you know, eh, we'll figure it out. So yeah. patreon.com slash unfilter, go, go grab a spot, and there may be a 33-spot opening, which if you—you you you could always upgrade to as well, if you want to get in now and then upgrade later. And less than a month away from the election. Jeez, man. That's good. I think we're going to have to do that live. We're going to do that live. Uh, also, before we get to the debate stuff— uh, let's do a little terrorism stuff. Terror watch. and uh, But just to warm you up because if you got Hillary on the mind after we were just talking about email leaks, let's start with a terrorism story that's related to email leaks bring it all together in a big news kumbaya.
9: New revelations today in the latest leaked Hillary Clinton emails released by WikiLeaks. In a private email exchange between Clinton and campaign manager John Podesta back in 2014, Clinton acknowledges Saudi Arabia and Qatar were providing financial and logistical support to the Islamic State. What? So what does this mean for future relations? It
0: means that the very people that are financing uh, Hillary via the Clinton Foundation are also the people that are financing ISIS. That's what it means. Wow. So that was that was one of the more interesting releva- re- revelations that came out in the latest WikiLeaks emails. Uh, I, I want to jump ahead, though. They had an interesting take here. I'll see if it's worth playing. West
1: pressure. Needless to say, this is the very same Saudi Arabia and Qatar who have donated uh, north of 30 million dollars to the Clinton Foundation, and the very same Saudi Arabia, which struck a record-breaking arms deal with the United States when Hillary Clinton was in charge of the the Department of State. And here is what the administration said about that deal back then.
22: I'm happy to uh, say that we have accomplished all the hard work necessary Uh, to complete this package (laughs) and this interagency effort has been a top priority for both Secretary (laughs) Gates and Secretary Clinton and reflects the strong cooperation between our departments to support our wider national security goals. This morning the Defense Security Cooperation Agency transmitted to Congress four formal notifications. The most significant items in these potential FMS sales include 84 F-15 aircraft, Eighty four. Seventy upgrades of existing Saudi F fifteens to a more advanced configuration. Wow. Seventy AH sixty four D Apache longbow helicopters.
0: Wow, dude. Seventy
22: two UH sixty blackhawk helicopters. Black helicopters <laughs> Thirty-six AH six I light attack helicopters. And twelve MD 530F light training helicopters.
3: Wow. Oh, Wow, that's that's a lot, of, yeah, a lot so, of air power right there. So
22: then it's interesting
3: <clears throat>
0: because here we are after all of that and you can tell that Hillary knew all along where, where ISIS this was this was years ago when ISIS was brand new. She knew who was getting them started, who was firing them up and getting them ready to go.
10: Afghan troops training in the U.S. have vanished in less than two years. So why is, why are they going AWOL and is this a threat to our security? Pete Hegseth is a Fox News contributor and an Iraq and Afghanistan war veteran and he joins us now with his reaction to this. You know, we're bringing this to people's attention this morning mm-hmm. because it really is shocking when you say that but this is something that you're familiar with. Uh,
15: very much indeed. It's shocking but it's something that's been going on for quite some time. I was a trainer uh, in Afghanistan in 2011-20 this was a concern of ours uh, when we sent Afghans either to Europe or the United States Because you've got to remember, in the mindset of some of these Afghans uh, They're stuck inside an intractable war Where the Taliban is gaining ground and gaining momentum And the Americans are going to send them to Europe or the United States to train And a lot of them see it as their opportunity to get out to I would <laughs>
0: well, yeah. I mean, alright, uh, I'm out of here I'm, I'm, I'm good, thanks, yes. I'm not going back <laughs> thanks a lot. No way am I going back But that's not really the interesting world news uh, this let's start with what's what the hell's going on between the U.S. and Russia because it is it is up, turned up to eleven.
23: Vladimir Putin moving nuclear capable missiles to the border with Poland and Lithuania. Oh, military maneuver that may violate international treaties. Oh. Putin sees it as a show of strength on NATO's doorstep as Washington and Moscow head toward the brink of a new Cold War.
17: We yeah,
18: run the brink. The risk of having an accelerated relationship that's nothing but potentially bad with russia if we don't very aggressively address this
0: that guy's nickname by the way was spider and aggressive
16: Putin's
23: <laughs> nuclear brinkmanship comes as u.s intelligence agencies publicly name russia for launching cyber attacks on u.s political groups finding quote based on the scope and sensitivity of these efforts that only Russia's senior-most officials could have authorized these activities. I
0: love it. I love how that that well, that that makes sense. That, Seals the deal, Chase! That's, that's it. Shut on up, On Monday, WikiLeaks,
23: which the U.S. has linked to Russia, released new emails <laughs> from Hillary Clinton's campaign chair. As fears grow of Russia's interference in next month's election. Oh. Since the collapse of a U.S. ceasefire deal in Syria and Putin's fresh assault on Aleppo, there are new signs Russia is further ramping up its military operation in Syria to help prop up Syrian President Assad.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So let's stop there. Let's start breaking some of this down because that's all that's all good, juicy, juicy stuff. All right. We got, we got it. We got it. Supporting Assad, Russia ramping up their military. And then, of course, there is the U.S. considering
6: mil- military strikes against Assad's troops directly. Washington is considering military strikes against Syria's government, according to media reports citing U.S. government sources. That's after America severed talks with Russia over the Syrian peace process. What's more, the White House says it understands potential attacks on President Assad's forces will bring Russia and America closer to conflict.
20: What could go wrong? What could go wrong?
7: What
6: could? There's a risk associated with
20: taking strikes at regime targets. That risk includes attacking a regime that does continue to maintain a robust air defense system. It also edges U.S. and Russian military forces closer to confrontation.
6: That doesn't serve anybody's interest. America's decision to cut ties with Russia on ceasefire negotiations is hampering the peace process in Syria. Washington blamed Moscow for being ineffective in the fight against ISIL. In reaction, Russia said the U.S. appears ready to, quote, strike a deal with the devil to achieve its aims in Syria. (laughs) And we asked the U.S. State Department what will happen next as diplomacy falters.
24: Secretary of State John Kerry said the Syrian regime and Russia seem to have rejected diplomacy. I went to ask the State Department what led to the failure of diplomacy, because on September 12th, when the ceasefire deal took effect, Russia and the Syrian government were on a diplomatic path. Didn't it fail after some rebel groups, specifically Al Sham in Aleppo, used the ceasefire to strengthen their positions?
0: You know, this is what her question is, is she's simply saying, if you look at the order of events, here's what happened. The rebels that you supposedly control never stopped fighting. And then the U.S. military struck a known Assad military position, right? a protected position. So not only did our rebels that we've backed and funded either via uh, one of our allies or or by sending CIA trainers over there. They didn't stop fighting, right? And then we took the first strike, but they're blaming Russia, right? For, for, the, so for breaking it. Right. And then here's why that really jumps out because if you've just been watching for the last five episodes, you watched us cover. Well, here's the ceasefire; it's announced. Then you watch us cover. Oh no, the U.S. just did this horrible thing. And then the next week, uh, a a convoy was struck in 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 really kind of suspicious circumstances. The the order of events is pretty clear.
24: Didn't it fail after ISIL nearly took over ez-Zor following the U.S. bombing of the Syrian military, admittedly by mistake? Did those things play no role? In-
0: so, the, by the way, uh, I don't know if it was clear, but that bombing that the U.S. did of the, uh, the total accidental bombing, total, total by mistake bombing of the uh, Syrian military allowed the rebels who never stopped fighting to advance. Right. It was, a, it, was, it was a great strategic accident because it happened to be just what the rebels need in order to advance. So, but it was a horrible accident. Just the perfect one for the rebels, though.
24: Or following the U.S. bombing of the Syrian military, admittedly by mistake. Did those things play no role in the failure of that deal?
5: There was a series of events, uh, certainly um, uh, the uh, attack uh, by mistake on Syrian forces, um, but then followed by the attack on uh, the uh, humanitarian convoy and then subsequently by um, Uh, an increase in attacks on civilian targets in Aleppo. Look, we can talk all about the fact that some rebel groups or some uh, opposition groups may have uh, used the pause to resupply. Uh, That's a reality. Actually, some of the groups did more than
24: resupply. Syria's second-largest rebel group, Akhar al sham flat-out rejected the ceasefire and continued with attacks. When questioned on the events that preceded the collapse of the deal, the State Department does concede kind of half-heartedly that the rebels had a role to play. But Washington's predominant narrative is that Russia and Assad suddenly rejected diplomacy and chose a military solution.
2: Together, the Syrian regime and Russia seem to have rejected diplomacy and furtherance of trying to pursue a military victory.
24: Interesting that Secretary Kerry himself at one time argued for a military action against the Syrian government, as he told members of the Syrian opposition last week in a conversation that was leaked. He said he lost that argument and proceeded with President Obama's policy. On the question about whether everyone on the U.S. side was on the same page when negotiating the deal with Russia, here's what the State Department said today.
14: He said that the inter- agency process is very effective and designed creates a single policy isn't the idea once the, the once the president makes up his mind and decides on the policy that the dissenters shut up and don't complain publicly about, precisely i mean that's the, that that happened the in this in case
5: uh, again a, a policy and an issue as <laughs> all right so i want to stop because oh, we're giving matt. the state department a lot of time here, but matt's just
0: great i had to let matt get his question in there <laughs> So um, why don't we do something that doesn't happen ever? I don't know if I've ever seen it happen except for maybe once on CBS in the Western media. Why don't we just play an interview with Assad? Wow. And let Assad answer some of these questions. Let's see what Assad has to say.
21: The United States, they stopped all bilateral talks with uh, Russia about any kind of peace agreement. And uh, the Russians, they said that... uh, they actually regret this. Do you regret it as well?
8: We regret it, but we uh, knew in advance that it wouldn't work because the agreement is not only about the talk between the two uh, great powers. It's not about what they're going to sign or agree upon. It's about the will. And we already knew, we had already known that the Americans didn't have the will. So the Americans, he says, we knew wasn't going to work. They didn't have the will for peace talk. To reach any agreement, because the main part of that agreement is to attack uh, al Nusra which is, uh, according to the American list and to the United Nations list, uh, is a terrorist group. So part of the agreement with the Russians was going to be
0: agreement on who we all attack. Right. Because, of course, the U.S. doesn't want the guys, especially when we have our own contractors and CIA guys on the ground. Right. They don't want them getting bombed anymore. Exactly. Now, here's the issue. Russia and Syria clearly believe that al-Nusra is a terrorist group. And even by our own definitions and the uh, UN's definitions, we also have them classified as terrorist groups. But in this particular case, we need al-Nusra so the U.S. wasn't willing to, to fully commit. So uh, that's, that's what he's essentially saying, is it involved the U.S. having to go after a group they
8: didn't want to go after. List, and to the United Nations list uh, is a terrorist group But in the Syrian conflict, it's the American cart. Without the al-Nusra, the American cannot uh, have any real, uh, let's say, and concrete and effective cart in the Syrian arena. That's why we regret it, but we already knew that it wouldn't happen.
21: But isn't it very difficult for the United States to separate the so-called moderate rebels and uh, some of exactly. the more radical rebels,
0: and that was part of the agreement. All right. Well, if you want, if we're going to agree who you're going to attack, and you don't want us to attack separate, some of these guys, right. you got to
1: separate them out. Very difficult when
13: you are attacking the
21: moderate rebels all the time.
13: You are right. Do you know why you are right? And remember, do you remember we talked
0: about the, the fact that mo- the, the moderate rebel thing was a total myth like a year ago? Yeah. It's been a it's, long it's time. It's been a while. And we actually – I remember we had a specific episode where we sort of just tore the whole myth apart with using different clips and yeah. showed how they were infighting. Um, and then it just recently cropped back up in uh, as part of these final peace talks. The, the the moderates, the moderates again. And I thought we'd I thought we'd all agree there is no such thing as a moderate it's
8: all the time. You are right. Do you know why you are right? Do you know the the unicorn animal that uh, like horse has uh, long? Do you know of the unicorn animal? Uh, horn. <laughs> has a horn. It's myth. It's myth. the moderate opposition is myth. It's real. That's why you can, you cannot separate something that doesn't exist from something that exists all of them have the same grassroots. The same grassroots used to be, or used to be called uh, Free Syrian Army, four years ago, five years ago. Then it became uh, al-Nusra, then it became ISIS. So the same grassroots move from a group to another group. That's why they cannot separate it. And they don't want, If if this is reality, not a myth, they don't want, but they cannot. So either they can't do it or they don't want to do it. It why doesn't you, I,
6: exist. But why did you ask them to do it if it's not possible?
8: Because they insisted that they are, they, they are there is a moderate opposition. And the Russian told them, okay, if there is a moderate opposition, please separate them those moderates from the extremists. Called their bluff. But they didn't work because they don't exist. That's why. Yeah. Wow. It seems like
0: a totally reasonable and realistic position to me.
8: But God forbid you, Chris, playing that clip on this show.
3: That means you are a supporter. I support the horrible dictator Assad. I support him, Chase. It's Just- his chemical weapons.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, that uh the U.S. stands in this quote-unquote brink of a Cold War, which I don't agree with anymore. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not having real-world impacts on Russia's politics.
2: President Putin's uh, today announced that uh, he's cancelling his forthcoming trip next week to France in a developing spat between the two countries. Uh This is what the Russian president's press secretary said a bit
14: earlier about it. Awkward! Vladimir
6: Putin indicated from the very beginning that he's going to meet his French counterpart only when Francois Hollande is comfortable to do so. So we'll wait until this moment arrives (laughs) and the Russian president will once again decide whether to visit France if it's on the agenda.
2: All right, RT's Daniel Hawkins down there near, close by the uh, Kremlin. Take us through how this is all uh, kicked off this morning. How has this rift developed?
8: Well, rising tensions, uh, Kevin, between France and Russia over Syria on oh. the back of rising tensions also with Russia and Washington. But that's a slightly oh. different uh,
3: story. Putin was due to visit Paris uh, on an official visit. He was going to go there.
0: They were going to have a big visit, talk about big uh, trade stuff. And right. then uh, France called him up. France says, uh, Russia commits war crimes, after Kerry calls up and says, will you please accuse Russia of war crimes with us? (laughs) So France says, Russia commits war crimes! Uh, and then Kerry also says, "Oh, and don't don't mention our drone program when you do that. Thanks." And then so when once uh, France does that, uh, they say, "Well, let's let's pivot our meeting to just a simple little discussion, little, right? Little yeah. minor thing." Yeah. And Putin was like, Shh, "I'm not flying all the way out there for that. <laughs> Screw <laughs> you that.
3: Just do that on Skype."
0: Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> a little uncomfortable for them, I think. It's just a little gotten. It's getting a little hard out there at times. So let's let's transition, Mr. Chase. All right. This is what we're all here for tonight. The debate night. Now we <laughs> do have. Our complete live coverage, which I hope we'll have linked in the show notes, but it's also on the Jupiter Broadcasting YouTube page. And I got a couple of comments. A couple of people told me, "Hey, I watched it, even though I watched the debate live, and I still really enjoyed it." So that was nice. Um, we had uh, listener Robin, uh, patron, stop by in studio oh, and uh, do live coverage with me, and uh, Mr. Michael Dominic skyped in. So let's uh, let's talk about what I think was one of the most awkward moments. It it started with a whimper, and that is. The two candidates walk out on stage Right Donald Trump seems a little low Little low energy But then They don't shake hands They In fact he just kind of Saunders off She walks over to her chair No handshaking Which is actually Kind of historical Did you catch it? Yeah I caught it It was awkward a little bit It was like weird he almost went right into caged animal mode. So that I thought was sort of uh, an interesting start to what ended up being an obviously pretty pretty aggressive debate. I'm not going to play a bunch of clips, but I did want to play a couple, and I thought we'd start with MSNBC's take of who won. Oh. Because I think it's actually surprisingly the most honest take in the media. It, it, Fox obviously said Trump won, but pretty much <laughs> – well, didn't they
12: Otherwise,
3: say he won on Saturday? Yeah, it was pretty much mixed bag. <laughs>
0: debate
3: began yeah,
12: with the two candidates awkwardly refusing to shake hands. Donald Trump spent the next hour and a half fighting his way out of a political corner and looking like a man with little left to lose. So, Joe, we'll start off with you. What did you think? Well, I
15: think despite what you think of Donald Trump, What you think of hillary clinton what you think of how this race has gone over the weekend and where you think it's going to end up whether you think last night made any difference at all to the final outcome in november i think there are a couple of uh, of of things that people in the press may not want to admit Mm -hmm. but it was plainly evident watching it on tv last night number one it was donald trump's most effective debate performance to date there's not a close second Uh, Just not a close second. Secondly, despite the fact she had an unprecedented cheering cheering section of the media, the fact is for somebody watching, and people will see this if they go back and watch it again today or if they see parts of it a week from now or a month from now, Hillary Clinton was on the defensive most of the night. She seemed unsure of herself most of the night. And He dominated the second debate in the same way she dominated the first debate. Mm -hmm. And third, and I think most importantly for this political season, Donald Trump, who has made the Republican Party members' lives living and breathing hells for the past year and a half, last night turned it up to 11. And all of those people that jumped ship about halfway through the debate, we're looking at their TV saying, oh, shoot, That's because, because. <laughs> and again, I know everybody in the press hates Donald Trump and it, I'm just giving you reality if you don't what like he said it. Was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. He's horrible. Blah, blah, blah. I know. I, listen, horrible. I heard it. I heard <laughs> it last night. I saw it on Twitter. I understand. Wow. If you believe he's an evil man. I'm just giving you the political reality. And this is the political reality. That for the Republican base, Donald Trump delivered the attack against the Clinton machine that the Republican base in middle America have been waiting for for years now. I actually think that might be true.
3: You know what? And I'm inclined to agree, especially when he brought up the emails, mm-hmm. he brought up the Clinton Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sidney Blumenthal again. <laughs> he brought him up. Mm-hmm. All, all all of these um, all these connections uh, to put Hillary on the defensive because yeah. I, I felt at that point what I was seeing with Donald was a guy who was like, you know what? I got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw it out there mm-hmm. and really tell you what I'm and not follow procedure, not follow proper, respectful protocols and just go out there and, and say it. I thought – so th- once he got past uh, the uh, grabbing him by the
0: pee comments, which we'll get to in a moment, right. um, I thought he sort of – this was when he sort of hit his stride. Was, uh, you
18: owe the president an apology because, as you know very well, uh, your campaign, Sidney Blumenthal he- – Her
0: face. Watch her face. Oh, my God. Uh, he's
18: another – real winner that you have and he's the one that got this started along with your campaign manager and they were on television just two weeks ago she was saying exactly that so you really owe him an apology you're the one that sent the pictures around your campaign sent the pictures around with president obama in a certain garb that was long before i was ever involved so you actually owe an apology number two michelle obama i've gotten to see the commercials that they did on you and I've gotten to see some of the most vicious commercials I've ever seen of Mo- Michelle Obama talking about you, Hillary. So you talk about, friend, go back and take a look at those commercials.
0: <laughs> that's a little, that was a little a uh, dog shaggy dog way to get there. You know, one of the things is he just holds that microphone way too close.
3: Well, and, you know, if, so if he's going to complain about microphone stuff, that's on him.
18: Yeah. Sanders race where you won, but not fair and square, in my opinion. And all you have to do is take a look at WikiLeaks and just see what they said about Bernie Sanders and see what Deborah Wasserman Schultz had Getting some had name in drops in there. Because Bernie Sanders, between superdelegates and Deborah Wasserman Schultz, he never had a chance. And I was so surprised to see him sign <laughs> on she with hates the him. devil. Look at
0: that. She hates but him so much. when you talk about sign on with the devil, too, he's he... – <laughs> Apology.
18: I think the one that you should really be apologizing for and the thing that you should be apologizing for. And he's
0: looking right at her. They're making eye contact when he's talking about this.
18: Are the 33,000 emails that you deleted and that you acid washed. And then the two boxes of emails and other things last week that were taken from an office and are now missing. And I'll tell you what, I didn't think I'd say this, but I'm going to say it.
0: I thought it was weird that he made that comment again in another debate. It almost implies like he has like bad impulse control, which I think we might. (laughs) Which I think we might. (laughs) I think he does. I think he
18: does. I didn't think I'd say this, but I'm going to say it. And I hate to say it. But if I win, I am going to instruct my attorney general to get a special prosecutor to look into your situation because there has never been so many lies, so much deception. There has never been anything like it. And we're going to have a special prosecutor. When I speak, I go out and speak. I'm I'm really impressed that she doesn't interrupt him.
0: She does later on, but she just let him go. Yeah.
18: The people of this country are furious. In my opinion, the people that have been long-term workers at the FBI. That face
0: on her right now says, okay, Donald, have your fun. I'm going to win,
18: and you're going to love it. Are furious. There has never been anything like this where emails and you get a subpoena. You get a subpoena, and after getting the subpoena, you delete 33 thousand emails. And then you acid wash them or bleach them, as you would say, a very expensive process. So we're going to get a special prosecutor and we're going to look into it because you know what? People have been their lives have been destroyed for doing one fifth of what you've done, and it's a disgrace. And honestly, you ought to be ashamed of Secretary yourself. Secretary Clinton, I want, I want to follow that, up let let on me, that. I'm going to let, let, let you just talk about it because everything
21: he just said is absolutely false. But I'm not oh, surprised. Really? In the first debate, and in the-
0: that was that was when the crowd. I, when the crowd was like, oh, no, it's not. Like, that I was surprised by. They are not cheering her. They
3: are like, oh, no. listen, No, no, it's, yeah, it's I heard false, that, too. But I'm not oh, surprised.
21: Really? In the first debate, and <laughs> in the first, yeah, the audience needs...
3: To- it is true. I mean, actually, yeah, it is. her, ABC News, CNN, they did a fact check on that question where after the subpoena was issued, the emails were deleted. Guess what? They found that to be true. <laughs> She straight up lied about that. Well, we know it's true. We know the Reddit timeline.
0: We know also the emails that were released that show them uh, planning to have a conference call about it after it. So, yeah – yeah. And look it. at Trump's face there, like, ooh. And boy, you got to feel like Hillary, like, damn, that was probably a little jarring.
21: And the really, debate, the audience needs to know so that it would be impossible to be fact-checking Donald all the time. I'd never get to talk about anything I want to do and how we're going to really uh, make lives better for people. So— Once again, go to HillaryClinton.com. We have literally Trump. You can fact check him, fact check, fact check him in real time.
0: Man, this is actually not a very good response. If you think about it. No, it's not.
21: Last time at the first debate, we had millions of people uh, fact checking. So I expect we'll have millions more fact checking uh, because, you know, it is uh, it's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country.
18: Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
0: And then, of course, they cut the cloud. That was a pretty stumbly response by her. So she goes after his temperament there, which I thought, yeah, OK. Uh, the, the, so she basically said everything he said was false. I'm not going to dignify that with the response. I'll show you, though. She does. She did think pretty good on her feet at the end of the debate. So I'll play this one real quick. We've
25: sneaked
21: in one more question, and it comes from Carl Becker.
7: Good evening. My question
18: to both of you is, regardless of the current rhetoric, would either of you name one positive thing that you respect in one another?
25: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Trump,
21: would you like to go first?
0: So she tosses it to Trump, and I don't know why he doesn't do anything, and Hillary... I don't know, sensing dead air or whatever. She jumps right in and takes charge. I thought she thought this was sort of a subtle moment where she did a little better, and I think a lot of people catch it because they toss it to Trump, and she owns it.
21: Mr. Trump, would you like to go first? Well, I I certainly will because uh, I think that's a, a very fair and important question. Look, I respect his children. His children are. Incredibly able.
3: Did she just get an awe from the audience? I think she got an awe, or well, not an awe, but I th- I thought she got more of a like a laugh because it's like she's not saying oh, anything right. about him. It was about his children. I thought, but I thought that was actually pretty clever.
26: Yeah,
21: his children are incredible.
0: Yeah, it's hard to tell what it's the more audience. More laugh. Then she spends two minutes talking for herself here. She really goes into a set of talking points, and Trump, he doesn't. He just sort of goes quick. To Trump.
3: Well, and I he, consider- one thing I'm going to say real quick about this response, I thought he didn't uh, use his whole time because he gets two minutes. Yeah, he didn't. He, he was quick to the point, And I respected that a lot. I thought it did work well. And I think
0: that was a, he had a good sense of timing on it. I think overall, he had a good sense of the production aspects of this debate, probably from his experience on TV, because he was he was getting those camera shots. He was making faces oh, or a yeah. statement
18: about my children to be a very nice compliment. I don't know if it was meant to be a compliment but it is a great i'm very proud of my children and uh, they've done a wonderful job and they've been wonderful wonderful kids so uh, i consider that a compliment Uh, i will say this about hillary she doesn't quit she doesn't give up i respect that i tell it like it is she's a fighter i disagree with much of what she's fighting for (laughs) because i do (laughs) disagree with (laughs) her judgment in many cases but she does fight hard, and she doesn't quit, and she doesn't give up, and I consider that to be a very good trait. Thanks to both of you.
21: I actually thought
0: that was a pretty genuine human answer he gave there. I thought on both sides. I mean, yeah, hers, she. I think she gets credit for going first, for yeah, going for a compliment that. Yeah. Uh, because really, you could spin that as well. Trump thinks she's got the stamina,
8: right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So
0: I mean, he took a little more of a hit, possibly with his. But uh, yeah, so that I think is. If you want some more debate stuff, uh, we have our full coverage on the YouTube channel. But I want to talk more about the email leaks and stuff like that. Let's let's go back to uh, to this Podesta guy and the uh, the claim that we've only seen one percent of the Podesta emails so far.
26: Oh.
2: Significant political story breaking late last night, the WikiLeaks dump on Hillary Clinton's Wall Street speeches. Moments ago, WikiLeaks has tweeted, quote, we have published one percent of the Podesta emails so far. Additional publications will proceed throughout the election period. End quote. Marjorie Clifton, service consultant on President Obama's campaign. We'll stop there. You just need to know that headline information for just that kind of establishment
0: Uh, Now let's talk a little bit about the uh, leaks revealing the ties between the Clinton campaign and the media.
9: Newly leaked emails from within the Clinton campaign are giving us a glimpse at its relationship with prominent members of the American news media. The emails published by the online publication The Intercept were reportedly obtained by a hacker who identifies himself as Guccifer 2.0. Yes, that's the same source allegedly responsible for at least one targeted hack of the Democratic National Committee. RT correspondent Manuel Rapolo tells us what What's inside this latest leak?
14: For former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, the subject of emails continues to be a major political obstacle in her presidential campaign. Having that said, a recent leak of email exchanges between Clinton campaign staffers published by The Intercept adds a new layer of criticism. The email points to a, quote, cozy relationship between the Clinton camp and members of the U.S. media. For example, one email dated January 2015 highlights the campaign's strategy of identifying journalists that can publish stories that might be more favorable to the campaign. That email reads, quote, we are all in agreement that the time is right. Place a story with a friendly journalist in the coming days that positions us a little more transparently while achieving the above goals. Apart from figuring out which reporters would be more friendly toward a Hillary Clinton presidential candidate, other strategic documents outline surrogate lists. This is one example. It's a rough list that of pundits and columnists, some of whom you might recognize, such as Wolf Blitzer, Charlie Rose, and George Stephanopoulos. But among the most revealing emails published by The Intercept is an informal, off-the-record invitation to members of the media scheduled on the day Mrs. Clinton announced her bid for the presidency. That invitation reads, quote, This is an off-the-record dinner with the key national reporters, especially, though not exclusively, those that are based in New York. Much of the group includes influential reporters, anchors, and editors. Now, while it's not unheard of for political candidates to host events with journalists and even use, quote, friendly reporters to plant stories in the media, the public is rarely in the know in regard to the authenticity of these emails. However, the uh, the Intercept has reported that the leaked internal communications were obtained by a hacker who identifies himself as Guccifer 2.0.
0: Now, there's a lot more in these clips, and uh, of course, it'll be in the supporter sync if you want to go check them out. But I, what I find to be significant about it isn't there isn't some rel- Oh man, huge story revelation. Uh, Hillary Clinton campaign working with the media. I think what it more shows you is uh, what a snowball's chance that bernie ever had his campaign didn't have that level of coordination Uh, he never he was never ever ever going to win and being deeply embedded (laughs) so we talked about the saudi arabia connection but i have a clip in the supporter sync about that why don't we instead cover the doj link between clinton and uh the investigation into her emails
12: hillary clinton's team had hoped this would be its memorable moment on the trail today a clinton and a gore on stage in florida the old band back together Instead, Clinton's campaign found itself fighting allegations and answering for thousands of private emails sent to and from its chair, John Podesta, that were hacked and published by WikiLeaks. Today, a new cache of those emails appeared to show at least conversations and what opponents call collusions between the campaign and the Department of Justice. In one email, Clinton's press secretary, Brian Fallon, a former DOJ spokesman, appears to receive and pass along information from inside the Justice Department about a court brief related to Clinton's emails that had just been filed. The campaign said the...
0: Now, the campaign's like, oh, this isn't a big deal. It's going to be public information anyways. But uh, there's been a a few things have been revealed by these email leaks. So one was, so they had somebody inside the DOJ who now works with Clinton forwarding information. Right. Uh, Another was, is it apparently... Joe Biden's aide, oh, was used by the Clinton uh, campaign to derail Biden's run for the presidency. So you know that story about how he got all upset about a son? Yeah, yeah, and he couldn't run. That's probably a front. It sounds like somebody got dirt on Joe. Wow, and leaked it to the Clinton camp, and then in Podesta's emails, the guy expresses some regret for having sunk Joe's campaign, but he says he's ready for Hillary and that kind of stuff. Like uh, it's the yeah, the leaks show some some interesting collusion uh, going on between the DOJ uh, to, to, to to torpedo Biden, the press,
2: uh, and. The White House. First, the Wall Street Journal reports today, newly uncovered documents show that White House officials coordinated with Hillary Clinton's advisors on their response to stories about her private server from the early days. At one point, trying to shield John Kerry, who was then secretary of state from having to answer questions about it. Uh, Juan Williams, Fox News political analyst. Author- I
1: wondered
0: why Kerry had never been asked. Yeah. So in in the email leaks, they show that uh, The Clinton campaign and a White House press person worked together to proactively squash questions at CBS that they were going to ask Kerry that morning. Right. So the White House, the Clinton campaign worked together to manipulate one of their soft targets at CBS to make sure that the hard questions don't get asked. And I think that is another sign of of major collusion Uh, that, of course, there's those Wall Street uh, speeches that were released. That's right. Some interesting things in there, not too much unexpected, but it does appear it's possible that Hillary may have shared. Classified information during one of the
2: speeches.
17: What? Focus on right now.
2: Yeah. Six minutes past now. We got this just an hour ago, and we continue to go through it. WikiLeaks posted more than 2,000 additional emails from Hillary Clinton's campaign chair, John Podesta. This is the hashtag Podesta file, I think, online. <laughs> that are makes funny. more than 4,000 so far, and we're learning from them that Mrs. Clinton talked about insider information about the raid on Osama bin Laden's hideout with a group of bankers in Canada. What does the CIA think about that? Oh, Chief Intelligence Correspondent, Catherine Herridge, live in D.C. For more now, Catherine, good morning.
12: Well, thank you, Bill. And good morning. These transcripts yes! released by WikiLeaks show Hillary Clinton gave a speech to a group of Canadian business leaders in November 2013. And during that speech, Clinton reveals details of the 2011 raid that killed Osama bin Laden. Clinton specifically discusses sources and methods, which appears to be a violation of national security. Clinton tells the business group that an intercepted phone call was part of the intelligence trail that led to the Al Qaeda leaders compound huh. in Pakistan. The transcript reads in part, quote, the people People who were the analysts and collectors and good old-fashioned spies who were gathering bits and pieces of information, some of them from cell phone conversations.
0: Wait, you mean it's not torture? I thought it was, but
12: Zero Dark 30 told me it was torture. He has just made a phone call. He said, this is the phone call. We need to figure out where he is. Then we need to follow him. And that is how we found this compound in Abbottabad. A former intelligence officer said Clinton's team showed no respect for classified information and the investigation did not hold them accountable.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 sure. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, of course they didn't. And then uh, you heard Trump mention the boxes in the debate. That's what he this is what he's referring to.
4: New revelations in the Clinton email investigation show that boxes that contain some of Clinton's emails are now missing. What? Fox News chief intelligence correspondent Catherine Harris is here. what is this all about?
12: Well, Brett, you know, the FBI files were released over a week ago, but there is so much detail in those files if you simply... Just read them and look for those nuggets of information. And we were reading one of the interviews in the last couple of days from a State Department sort of junior employee who said that there were originally 14 boxes of Clinton emails that were to be picked up from her lawyer, David Kendall, who you know well from your years of reporting. And when they went to pick them up, there were only 12 boxes. So two boxes (laughs) are AWOL. And it almost feels like a lawyer kind of joke, like how many lawyers does it take to count... 12 boxes or 14 boxes, and two are missing.
4: And there's no explanation?
12: There's no explanation in the I mean, files.
4: Could it be that they found that they didn't need 14 boxes and could get all the emails? In it, it could 12?
12: be that they consolidated <laughs> them, but it was a mystery. What happened to the two boxes of wow. the emails? Remember they print- Isn't this ridiculous? Or it could be, could be they
0: consolidated them. Could be they threw some of them away. Could Who be. Knows? It's just Hillary Clinton's emails. It doesn't matter. Wow. It doesn't matter. Let's just, before we run out, I think we'd get a lot of crap if we didn't cover
4: what is practically sinking the Trump campaign right now. The story the political world has been buzzing about all afternoon. A just-released tape from 11 years ago on which Donald Trump can be heard making some extremely crude comments about himself and women. Our chief political correspondent, Carl Cameron, reports from Trump Tower. Carl... I don't think we need to play it,
3: right? We, everybody knows. I, he would said I would hope everybody knows the quote uh, yeah, in question. Yeah,
0: I would, I would grab him by the P. You know, that... Uh... That is that is some damning audio, and there's a lot of things we could talk about it. I think one of the things I wouldn't mind talking about is just I'm. I, I, are we all just going to pretend like people don't sometimes talk about those kinds of things? Like I'm I specifically thinking about a group of women that I was spending an evening with while I was I got dinner with them and I was go, I was leaving and they were going out to a ladies' night. And uh, they sat around the table talking about their boyfriend's dicks for at least 25 minutes, talking about grabbing his dick, talking about how big their dicks were, constantly talking about their dicks. Like sometimes people are crude. Now, you could argue maybe those people shouldn't be elected to office and that they sort of reflect the people's thoughts about – but I I don't know. I feel awkward like – like it's just totally, we're all just totally being, we're all taking a very high moral ground well,
3: here. You know what bothered me, and actually there was a, a local, kind of a local angle in this. Uh, our state Republican chair, I forget the uh, her name, I, I forget who it was, but she was defending the comments that Trump made eleven years ago because he was a Democrat then, <laughs> and 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 trying to allude to the fact, well, you know, now that he's Republican, he's a change, and I was just like, what? Yeah. And that that kind of stuff really bothers me. I mean, you know, a lot of people when they're in the privacy of other people sometimes uh, you know, they they uh some come to Either influences from outside sources, or yeah. they just—they're rude and they're. I, could, just bad. I guess I
0: could never really like. I could never picture you and I talking talking. Not, what do you mean? What are you talking I, about? We do that all the I, time, I, I, man. Well, I could hear. I could hear saying the word pussy, but not like oh, you just grab him by it and oh, oh yeah, kiss yeah. him and stuff like. Oh, I don't, yeah. That would. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, is. That's where it crosses the line. Yeah. Um, and I think that's it's terrible. You know. Uh, you can get audio you can get audio of Bill Clinton saying it. I could even I can even play audio I have audio right here in this folder of uh, of uh, Obama what, talking what about it. What I find
3: interesting that no one is really talking about, and I think the reason why they're excuse me, they're not talking about it is because it would somehow excuse the comments is how this audio even got leaked in the first Let's place. Let's talk about, and the timing, and how yes. long it's been sitting around. This clip yes. kind of covers some of that. This
17: tape has been, obviously, there Chicken. for a, a decade. I like uh, it. More than a decade. And now it comes out today. Obviously, the big question is, who did it? How you have some new details.
1: Yeah, we've just reported this on CNN.com that uh, earlier this week, the producers at Access Hollywood found this tape. Of course, it had been sitting on a shelf for over a decade. It came up in the context of the Associated Press report on Monday about The Apprentice and how, according to ex-employees on the show, Trump would talk sexually and in, in lewd ways, vulgar ways behind the scenes at The Apprentice. So Access went finding this tape. They dug it out. And by Thursday, yesterday, they so what,
17: decided they were looking to air it. For interactions between him and 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 women that's and right they knew there was, that there sort of was a v- woman in there and they just checked the tape this,
0: this conversation parts of it sound like two people on coke trying to talk past each other it's it's, <laughs> it's really it's really intense but what he's saying is it's kind of important
17: here in there and they just checked the tape or did well, there someone was a remember vague, there had been a there's a there was
1: a vague memory that maybe trump had talked in this kind of way on the tape you have to wonder though billy bush Probably remember it had this happening years ago, and when Trump ran. Oh, from- also, isn't it
0: weird that it's a Bush? Now it's uh, so it's Bush's, it's Bush Senior's brother's son. That's who Billy Bush is. That's his connection to the Bush. family. Wow. Okay. So it's just kind of funny that it it was a it was uh, a Billy Bush. Bush is an actual Bush. Yeah, and it Billy Bush. I didn't Bush, know that. Yeah, actually. Billy Bush is an actual Bush, and it's so it's a Bush talking to Trump. And I don't know, the whole thing is just Nancy totally O'Dell surreal. was there as well. This, isn't it?
1: Isn't it? Isn't this weird? Yes. Years ago. And when Trump ran for president, it's notable that NBC, that Access Hollywood, that Billy Bush did not share this tape until this week. So they were preparing to broadcast the tape. They hadn't decided when to run it. And that's when it leaked today to The Washington Post. So someone got this tape off of NBC's video servers, gave it to The Washington Post, clearly wanting to make sure it was seen. So here we, were, here we are, Chase. Last week. Somebody
0: gave a reporter Trump's taxes and just put it in her mailbox. Right, right. Just and showed up. And now this week, somebody just took a server off. Took a took a, took a video yeah. off of an NBC server and, and just gave it, it gave it to Access Hollywood. You know, it's interesting. Did you know that or the uh, Post they gave it to the Post? Okay. Did you yeah. know that Chelsea Clinton? Uh, Chelsea is an NBC employee. Oh, that's right. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Ah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, huh. uh, yeah. No connection though. Can you imagine Access Hollywood? Can you imagine Actually, I don't know if she's currently an employee, but uh A- can you imagine Access or whoever it was like so Access Hollywood was sitting on this at first. They they must they I mean they must have been like, well, when we roll this, we're going to take down this guy. They must have been really lining up their ducks and and so somebody in the Clinton campaign wanted it out weird, before the debate, and yeah, so they, it had they rushed to be that it. because
3: he, the one thing that kind of when this came out kind of threw in my face was, this was on a Friday. Mm-hmm. This dumped on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And what do we always talk about with Friday news but stories? But I think this one... I this was, was different because of the debate on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and just the, the, how hot it was. Yeah. Uh, and it gave the Sunday shows, it gave everybody... So I don't know if... you think that Friday dump thing is holding up in the age of the internet anymore?
3: Uh, it, it, I think it is. It does, definitely, for mainstream it, media. It, it definitely does. But in this instance, because of the debate was happening on Sunday, they wanted to yes, get it in... Yeah for the weekend. So the
0: details uh, yeah, so this so somebody leaked it from the NBC server. Uh, that is a, again, like somebody just gave that a New York Times reporter uh, a gift of Trump's taxes, some anonymous person. We don't yeah. need to ask who. The
1: servers gave it to the Washington Post, clearly wanted to make sure it was seen.
17: So this would seem like this was somebody who works at NBC, more broadly. The entertainment unit, the right. news unit, unclear. But somebody who works at NBC leaked this tape to The Washington Post. Wanted this
1: to be seen. Now, Access Hollywood says it was going to run it. They weren't sure when they were going to run it, but they were going to at some point. You have to wonder why this tape's out on the shelf for so long. And you have to wonder, do they have other tapes as well? Uh, a high-ranking NBC source says to me, right. nothing else that they know of from Access Hollywood.
17: Okay, and and Billy Bush now has has come out with a statement. And what's that? And what's going to happen?
0: Actually, he's he's left NBC. Yeah, he's pretty much gone now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that was that that whole thing was really something. And for the first time, I don't really ever remember Trump apologizing before. I've never
18: said I'm a perfect person nor pretended to be someone that I'm not. I've said and done things I regret. And the words released today on this more than a decade old video are one of them. Anyone who knows me knows these words don't reflect who I am. I said it, I was wrong, and I apologize.
3: Now, if he left it there, Mm -hmm. things would have been, I think, okay for him. You think? I don't think so. Well, maybe not OK, but at least it was like, all right, fine. He, he said his piece and that was it. But then he ties it into Hillary here. Yeah, I know. But
0: the media so often just goes and gets a two sentence like clip from him and plays it over and over again. They could have stopped it right there like I just did. But yeah, you're right. You're I right.
18: traveled the country talking about change for America. But my travels have also changed me. I've spent time with grieving mothers who've lost their children.
0: This is what a Trump president will sound like when he's reading the prompter. I don't want to go any further. I, you know, I do not like it. This might be this might be rather damaging to Trump.
12: Tonight, abandonment and astonishment as the country's top Republican walks away from the top of his ticket.
0: Hello, I, Paul Ryan, you know, I wasn't too surprised by that. McCain, not too surprised by that. These guys were never gonna vote for Trump. Just like Colin Powell, a lifetime Republican, in his, in his emails, he says, Yeah, of course I'm voting for Hillary. The elite is going to vote for Hillary. Right. One other thing I thought Trump did that just before the debate was astonishing. And really well played. And I think this is probably how he should run the rest of the campaign if he has any shot. And it was lewd. This is a raw live clip from CBSN as they were finding out about the Trump press conference with Bill Clinton's accusers.
10: I am joined now uh, by some more wonderful CBS News uh, personalities here. Nora O'Donnell. Yes, our (laughs) co-host of CBS this morning, Bob Schieffer is with us. And John Dickerson, the host of Face the Nation. All right. So as we were... Going out of that break there, we just got some news that there is apparently a a news conference ongoing or perhaps has just finished. We're not sure what.
0: So they don't have any idea what's going on. He totally steamrolled the media with this press conference.
10: <laughs> Donald Trump, along with four women, Bill Clinton accusers, taking place somewhere here in St. Louis. And I'm wondering... Nora, first of all, what is your thought on this? Here we are, less than 90 minutes away, just getting word of this at a time when, of course, Donald Trump has been under fire for that leaked video that was released on Friday. There is that Facebook Live video that I was telling you about.
0: So, yeah, he he holds his own press conference, gets a few people to show up. Uh, there's there's some video of it in here. Um, let's see. Is this the uh, no, no, I the video is it's, it's vertical video, so it's kind of frustrating. Uh, but one of the first things the press ask him in that is, what about your comments? <laughs> Which is kind of funny. And then let's wrap it up. Our Trump coverage with this. He's got a new ad approach um, that is interesting.
13: Donald Trump doesn't have the money that Hillary Clinton has heading into the final weeks. And it's a big if, if after all these controversies, he could raise more. But with the, some of the money he does have, he's on television with this.
1: <laughs> Hillary
15: Clinton failed every single time as Secretary of State. Now she wants to be president. Hillary Clinton doesn't have the fortitude, strength, or stamina to lead in our world. Oh, oh, she failed as Secretary of State. Don't let her fail us again.
18: Wow. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. I didn't even show the collapse clip in there. Oh, my God! I guess he really is unchained now, although I feel like he said that before. but I feel better
3: knowing that Donald Trump will protect me personally. (laughs) Yeah, and restore law and order. That's right. Man. Man. You
0: know, the only thing is, I walked away from that realizing, (laughs) Chase, there's actually three debates that happened this week. The one the Republicans watch, the one the Democrats watch, and then the ones guys like you and I watch who aren't voting for either one of these guys watched. (sighs) Three different debates. It was really something. And you know what? We're not done yet. No, we're not. Technically we got one more. speaking, overtime. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And yeah. we'll do it live. But no, and this show isn't done yet. We've got overtime coming up.
3: Nice. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Chase, tell folks where they can find you throughout the week, though, if they want to check out. They can follow me on the Twitter, at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. And if you want to check out any of my geeky and gaming content, at GeekGamerTV, TV TV. Chris, over the course of the week, you throw out some tidbits. Where can people follow OMG, you? OMG,
0: OMG, OMG. At Chris ALS, buddy, and they can also at Chris LAS, that's Linux Action Show, and also at Jupiter Signal for the network. Don't forget our live times when they do shift. JupiterBroadcasting.com slash calendar. Should have said this at the top of the show, but we're also posting the full live stream for our patrons most times when there isn't a YouTube glitch. <laughs> 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 at okay. patreon.com slash unfilter. We're just put out there for everybody, even if you're not a patron. We hope maybe after you watch a few time, few episodes, you get some value out of it, you might support us. That's right. But other than that, it's all up there for everybody to watch. The full, unedited, raw unfiltered.
3: Don't forget about our Reddit community at unfiltered.reddit.com. Oh! Always great stories being put up there mm-hmm. on a daily basis.
0: And Club 33, don't forget to stuff Chase's sack next week. Yes, and you Stop can- it! You can still get your note into the show by going to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact. won't necessarily make it into the, on the but air. if it's very good, it might. I, I, it might. But we are reading them. Yes, We're absolutely. Reading them, so that's always something to consider, too, when you get your feedback that way. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of the Unfiltered Program. Stick around for the overtime. Otherwise, Mr. Chase and I will see you back here next
7: week.
14: week. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. no, 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 no. Hey, that's how we go. Uh, uh, that's how we roll. I just can't.
12: Fuck the EU.
0: Thanks to our patrons, patreon.com slash unfilter for making this segment possible. And a shout out to our new patrons this week. This segment will be dedicated to you and all our supporters. Jordan, Connie, Mike, Art of Music, Philip, Mitchell, James, David, Peter, Jesse, Ben, Chris. Oh, Chris, I like your last name. I got a... Hmm. Hmm. We should talk. Uh, I have family with that last name. Josias, I think is how you say it, or Josias? I'm not, su- I'm not sure, buddy. I'm not sure about that one. And of course, last but not least, Frank. Thanks, everybody, for being supporters. We really do appreciate OMG, it. OMG, OMG, OMG. And uh, if you'd like to support the show, patreon.com slash unfilter. Now, I want to get into some of the news that didn't fit at the top of the show. There's a lot of this stuff, and that's what the overtime's all about. We go long, we, we sort of dig in a little deeper than we might just for pace reasons at the top of the show additional clips, it'll give us context to some of the clips we've already played, so it's sort of like additional sourcing, and there's always way more in the supporter sync you can download and listen to after the show or play for somebody else and I'll also say this, still waiting on the supporter sync overhaul, I want to give everybody an update on that, we're going to be switching to Vault at some time, we have internal tests going and right now we're having compatibility issues when syncing between Windows and Linux machines, there's been some issues, we're waiting for that to stabilize out But there is an existing BitTorrent Sync. If you have BitTorrent Sync and would like to get all of our clips, you can still do that. That's still set up. You just have to be, I believe, a supporter at $3 or more for those posts to get unlocked. Now we start with the F Russia segment of the overtime. 20 states have sold... Oh, man, no, I played that during the show. Remember when I said we had extended cyber? All right, now we go to our next clip.
20: A human rights group and a rebel leader say Russian jets this morning are bombing the Syrian city of Aleppo. The renewed fighting has worsened the humanitarian crisis there. Our Elizabeth Palmer just made it inside the embattled city to show us the toll from the military assault.
25: Today's renewed bombing comes after a lull over the past few days that saw the Syrians and their allies press forward in a ground offensive. But weeks of punishing airstrikes before that killed hundreds and also left seriously wounded people, including children, trapped inside besieged neighborhoods with no way out.
0: So let's talk about what they're actually telling you. So you just heard it there. Uh, So the way they're pitching this entire story so far, we're 37 seconds into it, is Assad's army is bombing Aleppo and running airstrikes that are harming civilians living there. That's what they just said. But do you recognize the logical fallacy of that? This is their territory. This is their state. This is their city. The rebels that have taken it over—it it, 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 is—it 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 is akin to if your local city had a, had a group of rebels come in and the U.S. government came in and started to get very aggressive in running them out. It is akin to that. These rebels are taking over territory that is owned by the government. So when the government is attacking them, it's their it, – I, I hope that makes sense. It's it's the way they're – the entire way – I'm going to start it over because the listen to the entire way they frame this. This entire report is framed in such a way that the rebels, as if the rebels have always lived in these cities, and now
20: the horrible Assad regime is attacking these cities. A human rights group and a rebel leader say Russian jets this morning are bombing the Syrian city of Aleppo. The renewed fighting has worsened the humanitarian crisis there. Our Elizabeth Palmer just made it inside the embattled city to show us the toll from the military assault.
0: If if we really cared, why wouldn't we just have the rebels withdraw? It's because we don't want to give up Aleppo. That's what's really at issue here.
25: Today's renewed bombing comes after a lull over the past few days that saw the Syrians and their allies press forward in a ground offensive. But weeks of punishing airstrikes before that killed hundreds and also left seriously wounded people, including children, trapped inside besieged neighborhoods with no way out. The United Nations and Doctors Without Borders are both pushing hard for a ceasefire to allow the injured out. Having received the most basic treatment, often under fire in overcrowded clinics, they wait for a diplomatic agreement to save their lives. But so far, the Syrians and the Russians have said no.
0: So again, the Syrians and the Russians have said no to the ceasefire. But who actually broke the ceasefire originally? Whose rebels didn't stop fighting?
25: Some areas, there is active fighting. And the Syrians, along with allied militias, are slowly gaining ground. As for civilians, no one knows how many there are still living in the ruins of eastern Aleppo. But the United Nations estimates it's probably over 200,000. Astonishingly, in spite of the damage, basic services like water and power continue to function, if sporadically. Man, what an evil government. Although there's not a lot left to eat, especially for the poorest who say they now have little more than rice and pasta.
0: Which would be because of the sanctions that the U.S. has put on Syria because of the Assad regime, they say.
25: For CBS This Morning, Elizabeth Palmer, Aleppo. It's so jarring and heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah. To see the,
21: the war and then see the kids playing in the streets and clothes that we're all used to seeing, little T-shirts and jeans. Yeah. Very tough to see. Thank you, Elizabeth Palmer.
0: Yeah, it is very tough to see. It'd be great if you reported on it accurately so that way we could pressure our government to stop.
2: The U.S. has been firing more and more accusations at Moscow over Aleppo. So Washington correspondent has been looking at how the U.S. deals with the collateral damage inflicted by its... Own military.
24: As the U.S. calls for an investigation into alleged Russian war crimes, the history of the U.S.'s own military interventions shows that Washington has always shielded itself from potential war crimes prosecution. The list of the U.S.'s actions which the international community never got to investigate is long. In the Iraq war, U.S. forces fired depleted uranium weapons at civilian areas.
0: Now, of course, RT has this axe to grind out of any news organization. And actually, I've been noticing some interesting RT bias recently that uh, isn't in the clip I'm playing now. I might, if I remember, I'll talk about it in a minute. I do want to play this, though, but I want to play it with eyes wide open as that great movie. Oh, God. We know this is RT. We know that. We know that their perspective is going to be we got to we got to. Punch the U.S. in the nose a little bit because they're going after us for war crimes. However, the war crimes themselves, I think, are documented and it's just RT that's choosing to talk about them. CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or CBS or NBC or ABC, the main ways people get news, there's others, but the main way the mainstream media disseminates news, any one of those news outlets, any of them could have chosen to also cover The war crimes the U.S. committed when the U.S. officials, like Kerry, started saying that Russia was committing war crimes. At any any point, any of them could have chose to cover this stuff, but they didn't. RT is the only one that does.
24: For which studies show Iraqis are still paying the price as they see an increase in cancer and birth defects in affected areas.
11: The Americans are gone, but we're still suffering from the consequences.
24: Despite international outcry, no one was held accountable for the consequences. As part of its war on terrorism, the U.S. government had tortured people for years in violation of the U.N. Convention Against Torture. We tortured some folks. And yet no one could bring a case against the perpetrators. In 1999, with the goal of protecting Kosovo Albanians, NATO, led by the U.S., had bombed Yugoslavia for almost four months, killing hundreds of civilians with targets including Serbia's radio and television headquarters. The U.S. had dismissed calls to investigate NATO's actions there, deeming them justified.
21: There is always a cost to defeat an evil. It never comes for free, unfortunately. But the cost of failure to defeat a great evil... Is far higher.
24: In Libya, it was to defeat Gaddafi that NATO, again led by the U.S., violated its U.N. mandate, which was to protect civilians and helped kill the late Libyan leader. We came, we saw, he died. My favorite (laughs) clip. (laughs) What followed was Libya plunging into chaos.
17: The United States not even...
0: So you know the rest. I don't really feel like we need to uh, grind our way through all of it. But the clip, the full clip has a few more minutes in the show notes. Uh, everybody's losing patience
26: with Russia. Hey, Josh, since you've come out here, the State Department announced we have extended uh, diplomatic uh, consultations with Russia over Syria.
22: Mm-hmm.
26: Is President Obama's uh, patience with Vladimir Putin on Syria officially at an end?
20: Well, uh, Mark, I think everybody's patience uh, with Russia has run out. Uh, they've also spent a great deal of credibility in making a series of commitments without any clear indication that they were committed to following them.
11: Hmm.
0: Um,
20: But you were the ones
0: that committed to separating the moderate rebels and then couldn't do it. Are you like double ending it saying,
20: well, they knew we couldn't do it, so therefore they weren't serious? So what we have seen from the Russians in the year or so since their military intervention in Syria is that they have not made much progress against ISIL uh, they claim that the reason that they're in Russia or in Syria is to fight extremists but they haven't made a significant they haven't achieved a significant counter-isil objective in more than 7 months and they've been reduced to trying to claim credit for <laughs> successful <laughs> US operations I'm referring of course to the US strike that took uh, uh al off the battlefield he was a senior isil external plotter and Russia was in the position where they were um, rather pathetically trying to claim credit for having carried out that operation. I think that's an indication that they don't have too much to claim credit for when it comes to fighting extremists uh, and fighting ISIL.
0: Well, there there, there you go. Uh, that's their official position on it, I guess. <laughs> and then there's one last clip I do want to actually – There's two that I think would be interesting, but this one's very, very, very curious. Tonight's
26: tensions between Washington and the Kremlin are at one of their most dangerous points since the Cold War. Vladimir Putin's government is furious over an incendiary story by a U.S. government-funded news agency. Radio Free Europe Radio Liberty reports two U.S. officials with diplomatic passports were drugged last year in St. Petersburg, Russia. The report cites a U.S. government official saying the two people were slipped a date-rape drug at a bar, and one of them had to seek treatment at a clinic. The State Department inquired about the
5: alleged incident with the Russians. We're looking into it, we're investigating it, just as we would any Uh, uh, credible allegation. The Russians are outraged over the allegation.
26: The deputy foreign minister says Russian investigators responded quickly, but didn't get the specifics they asked for from the U.S. embassy or even the victims' names. In a statement, the minister says, quote, at the time, no Americans had sought treatment at any St. Petersburg medical institutions. If they had just been boozing at a hotel bar, they have only themselves to blame. The State Department has ramped up its complaints about what it says is a pattern of intimidation toward America's diplomats in Russia.
5: Apartments uh, broken into, uh, uh, you know, uh, evidence uh, left behind that people were in an apartment of our diplomats, uh, this kind of stuff. The Washington Post reported this summer that
26: U.S. diplomats in Russia had furniture rearranged in their homes and said one diplomat reported someone defecated on his living room floor. In June, an American diplomat was tackled by a Russian guard as he tried to enter the U.S. Embassy in Moscow. The Kremlin said the guard was doing his job, protecting the embassy from a potential threat. U.S. officials say the harassment has gotten more intense since Russia's invasion of Crimea in 2014. Peter Zwak was the top military official at the U.S. Embassy in Moscow then.
22: Everywhere that we went, we had a sense that, uh, that they knew where we were, we were being surveilled. You can have this feeling... of of
26: constant, very nervous tension. If Putin's government is harassing American diplomats, what's his message? That there aren't any rules anymore. You, America, have declared economic war on us, uh, political war. You're isolating us, you're punishing us, and you're signaling to us that you don't have to take us seriously. So we're going to use whatever weapons we have, asymmetric if necessary, to up the temperature asymmetric. I like how I
0: like how we just now refer to cyber as asymmetric. And then in all things weird with everything going on with Russia, this next story is super strange, I think.
17: Now for some strange news out strange. of New York City. Where a large banner praising Russian President Vladimir Putin
21: was hung earlier today from the Manhattan what? Bridge. The banner showed a picture of the Russian leader dressed in a suit and tie with the word peacemaker underneath.
19: Okay, this comes just days after U.S. and Russian negotiations collapsed over the conflict in Syria, leading Putin to suspend multiple nuclear agreements between the two countries. Now, the banner has since been removed. No arrests have been made, and it's not yet clear who is responsible. See,
0: that's that's all kinds of weird, especially with everything going on right now. That's our Russia stuff. I got a couple of Hillary things to cover. Uh, First of all, it's worth noting, even though she didn't do, I would say, super great at the debate, she still ended up taking a few days off to prep for it. I don't know what she was prepping for, though.
2: On the Democratic side, Hillary Clinton preparing for the debate behind closed doors. Mike Emanuel live from Westchester,
13: not far from her home in Chappaqua. Michael? Chappaqua!
2: Steve Brian, Ainsley, good morning to you. The format Sunday night of a town hall with two debate moderators and also interacting with the audience will give that debate a different feel. So Hillary Clinton's done some mock debate preparation, also some just talking through the issues with her debate prep team. Clinton's expected to do more debate prep at a nearby Westchester, New York area hotel today. Clinton's aides have defended taking time off the campaign trail, noting these debates get ...huge television audiences and feeling like she got a bump in the polls after the first showdown. Clinton made reference to the next showdown with Donald Trump at a fundraiser Wednesday night in Washington.
0: So we'll see. We'll see if that happens for the third debate, if she ends up taking about four days off or something like that. We'll see. There's been also, uh, this almost seems coordinated, uh, several protesters that are disrupting Clinton campaigns.
21: the world
23: or, uh, to
21: carbon pollution... And above all, we can fulfill our moral obligation to protect our...
0: Bill Clinton's a rapist. The guy yells in the background. They also recently had to remove somebody with a shirt. Now, the crowd, though, has already been pre-primed. They're primed, ready to go. They know exactly what to do when somebody starts to disrupt. This has been since the convention.
21: Planet for our children and our grandchildren. Now, let me just say...
0: Al Gore is like, geez, you've really got these monkeys trained. That's what that weird, weird smirk on his face is. Wow, look at them. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. And then there, here's a really strange clip. Didn't didn't make anybody say anything, but I caught it uh, online. And I thought I got to throw this in our I got to throw this in the overtime and just put it out there for you guys to see this, because this is really something.
23: Selfie, Right no, yeah. okay.
9: oh, boy,
5: yeah, Whoa,
23: no God. <laughs>
0: they're holding up you know the old classic uh, cameras they used to i, I don't know if these ones do but the old ones used to have film they were disposable cameras so like a bunch of idiot news reporters they're taking selfies and flashing themselves in the face on a super bright set because you need to think about think about these idiots using flashes on a on a TV set with lighting but anyways they so they're taking selfies that's not the interesting bit what comes afterwards certainly is you know
14: what?
12: The Secret Service did not trust people to disable the flashes on their cameras. So interesting. And they were afraid it
17: would uh, sort of inspire Hillary's seizure disorder—that she would have a problem. Yes, with so that you could again. turn it off.
0: Right. So what did she just say? And that news reporter's like, that's so interesting. Wow, it's so interesting. So the Secret Service banned these little disposable cameras because the flashes would have triggered Hillary's seizures?
12: It was banned, apparently, because the Secret Service did not trust people to disable the flashes on their cameras. So interesting. And they were afraid it would uh, sort of inspire Hillary's
17: seizure disorder, that she would have a problem with that Yeah, so you could again. turn it off. Right? now. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I did
0: not know. What- <laughs> I don't even know if that's true or not, but that is really something that was really like, is she blowing the whistle on something there? What is exactly happening? I thought that was sort of a funny, but probably not all that relevant moment.
9: All right, as promised, ahead of the debate, we are back with our fair and balanced panel. Uh Here to weigh in, Doug Smith, a Democratic strategist with Ken Strategies. I'm going to reintroduce you both. Kevin Sheridan, a Republican strategist and former comms director for the 2012 VP nominee, Paul Ryan. Kevin, you were in the middle of a sentence when I interrupted you. I want you to finish that thought if you remember you were speaking about Donald Trump tomorrow night and if he will come out before the debate and what he will say.
2: Essentially, we have a lifetime between now and the debate. And the debate, <laughs> if he could make uh, the degree of difficulty go up on a town hall event uh, de- style debate, which is already a difficult type of debate to do when he's never done before, uh, he just did it. But look, before that happens, he's going to have to come out. He's going to have to show some campaign unity. He's going to have to show that his uh, wife and his daughter still support his candidacy. He's going to have to demonstrate that there's some real. Um, support that continues to be behind his campaign because right now what, all we've seen today, this morning we saw the snowballing effect of uh, everybody from Hugh Hugh at the radio host to five different senators, members of the House,
9: right. uh, well, all
2: jumping all jumping off the campaign. That's what sharing,
9: I, I wanted to ask sport. you, Doug, is how, how does he portray strength and unity? They
0: call this his October surprise. I think it's probably one of many coming that way. I don't think it's I think there's probably more more to cover, there could be more tapes, all of it. I think it's probably going to be a
6: multi-stage October surprise for both of them. The Justice Against Sponsors of Terrorism Act, passed by the US Congress last week, has become a green light for the families of 9-11 victims to sue Saudi Arabia. Allowing victims of terrorism to go after foreign governments, it also opens the door to lawsuits against America. That's something Barack Obama, whose veto on the law was overridden, has been worried about for some time. If we uh, open up the
13: possibility that uh, individuals in the United States can, can routinely
6: start suing other governments then we are also opening up the United States to being continually sued by individuals in other countries. And an Iraqi lobby group was quick to react and uh, take advantage of the new law. Lobby group The Arab Project in Iraq wants compensation for alleged violations by oh. U.S. forces during the invasion of the country from 2003. Uh-oh. The organization has asked the Iraqi parliament to prepare a lawsuit. Uh-oh. And we talked to Najee al the group's deputy secretary general and an Iraqi MP.
0: Obama was right? They are using the, uh, the victims of the 9-11. Uh, what? They, Obama was right. Well... Okay, he might have been right about that, but he's not right about what's happening in Yemen. This stuff's wrong. Human
9: rights groups are considering whether a Saudi-led coalition airstrike on a funeral home in Yemen amounts to a war crime. The funeral attack on Saturday killed at least 140 people and injured 500 more. Witnesses say there were at least two airstrikes, the initial hit and then a second when first responders were going in. The coalition initially denied culpability but has walked back its comments and has agreed to participate in an investigation. Saudi Arabia has led the charge against Houthi rebels in Yemen's ongoing civil war, but the U.N. estimates its coalition has killed more civilians than the other side. Nearly 4,000 civilians have been killed in the past year and a half. Another 6,000 at least have been wounded. Among the groups pressing for an urgent investigation is Human Rights Watch. My next guest is the executive director of the Middle East and North Africa Division, Sarah Lee Whitson. Sarah, thank you so much for being with me today.
0: You can check out her Skype interview in the show notes or in the sync. Um, the Yemen situation is not getting a lot of attention, and it's we're more, we're, we're playing a support role more so. But uh, it, it seems like there's just there's no check of power anymore. There's no check to see if this is authorized, funded. It's just all done at the executive level. You know what we need is we need to get the people in charge of that Samsung recall. To look into this, they'll take care of it.
21: There is breaking news from Samsung, too, today. It announced this morning that it's permanently, permanently ending production of the Galaxy Note 7 smartphone. Samsung launched a massive recall last month over concerns the batteries can overheat and then catch fire. Josh Elliott of our streaming network, that's
19: CBSN, is here with the breaking developments on that story. Josh, good morning. Gail, good morning. If you or anybody watching has a Galaxy Note 7, Samsung is telling all of you to turn these off for good. Problems with the phone's lithium-ion batteries overheating led to more than two dozen reports now of burn injuries from customers. Samsung recalled the phone, but replacement phones have had the same problem. Yesterday, Samsung stopped sales and exchanges of the phone around the globe, while the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission investigates the problem. The company suggested that anyone with the original phone or the replacement, seek a refund at their place of purchase. Meanwhile, the FAA updated their guidance on the phone as well, urging passengers with the Galaxy Note 7 to power down and not use, charge, or stow in check baggage while flying. China also taking action this morning. It recalled more than 190,000 phones that were sold in mainland China. So investors, not surprisingly, were turned off by the news that the phones will have to stay off as Samsung stock Yesterday dropped nearly 8%. Ouch, Nora.
10: All right, Josh, thank you. There's a piece in the paper too today about how this can going to affect the entire market because Apple and others may benefit from Samsung's problems.
0: You think? Oh, geez, you think, Nora? That's good. That's good. Uh, so there is something that I've noticed from time to time that always really gets under my skin, and it's during the press conferences with the State Department spokeshole or the White House spokeshole or even in interviews with Obama himself actually happens all the time. And that's this, oh, well, we didn't know about it until we saw the news reports. That's frequently the go-to line by a U.S. government official. Didn't know about it until we saw the news reports. And then, of course, sometimes later on it turns out they they were way ahead of it. Of course, they were behind it. Or sometimes we never get the full story. But it always seems odd that officials don't know about it until our really crappy press reports on it. Always gets me. It's almost like those people who get kept awake at night. <laughs> You know, those people who kept awake at night because of problems. Uh, this is a hypercut or a supercut of Obama learning it via the news.
19: I mean, the specific allegations that I think were reported first by your network out of Phoenix, I believe uh, we learned about them through uh, the reports. That's when we learned about them. And that's when, as I understand it, Secretary Shinseki learned about them. I heard on the news about this story that... Uh, fast and furious. Everyone knows so the <laughs> yeah, president right. uh, did not know about this tactic until he heard about it on uh, through the media. Something uh, we found out about uh, along with all of you. He found out about the news reports uh, yesterday on the road.
9: When did you first learn that the IRS was targeting conservative political groups?
13: Uh, I first learned about it from the same news reports that I think most people oh. uh, learned about this. Uh, I think it was on Friday.
4: When did he know that piece of information? it came out in the news uh, a
2: week ago Friday, I think. I certainly did not know anything about the IG report
13: before the IG uh, report had been leaked through press uh, through the press. What are you doing then? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing?
0: <laughs> how did you not know about Fast and Furious until the press reported on it? What are you doing? Now let's leave it. Let's leave it with a sh- on a shocker. I got the yeah. chat room here. Sharon here. It's good to have you here. I want to leave you. Since you're going to watch this entire show now, you've just gotten the last few minutes. We're going to just shock you with a little out of context. Donald Trump really, really got in a lot of trouble this week with his leaked audio tapes. I now give you President Obama's leaked audio tape.
2: the guy said,
13: but I tell you what, you won't see me moving to no African jungle anytime soon or some goddamn desert somewhere sitting on a carpet with a bunch of Arabs. No, sir. And you, you won't see me stop eating no ribs either. <laughs> Gotta have them ribs. And pussy too. Oh Don't Malcolm talk about no pussy? Now you know that ain't gonna work. Uh-oh. Of
0: course, uh, I, I play. But like I said, you can get audio of anybody saying anything, can't you? <laughs> yeah, out of context games, always fun. Way more clips in the sync than we played in the main show, than we played in the overtime. Thank you for being here live stream. Sorry you didn't get to catch the whole thing, but hopefully the whole live version will be up on our Patreon page. Thank you to our supporters at patreon.com slash unfilter. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you can make it next week. We should be back close to our regular time, but keep an eye on that calendar. Things are in flux for a couple of weeks while Chase starts a new gerb. All right, now we go boats. Thanks for being here. See you next week.